Feel like you're ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I was born ready. All right, let's do it. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, August 11, 2016. This is your award-winning Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 850. This is No Agenda. Sitting in a Jersey Fleabag Motel and broadcasting almost live from the Garden State here in FEMA Region 3. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> hey, hey it's not, I, I'm hitting it, but it's not going. <laughs> ah, there it is. Lot and buzzkill. In the morning. I think we keep it. Don't do a thing. It was great. Yeah, it's probably okay. <laughs> it's a, it's Since a, we're still talking. Yeah, throwback to the good old days when connectivity was crap. And today's not that much better, really. Well, you're sounding reasonably well, good. Well, it's a little better. In fact, uh, let's explain what we're up to here. Because you, sa- you said, you you prefaced the show with your lead-in by saying almost live. That's right. We are not live at this moment. For this particular program, I am... Uh on a a brief vacation john you were on a brief vacation one show that's about all we do yeah every once in a while and i think this is a number of years ago we did two in a row yeah i mean we could also just do a show right now and it would be very simple it would be everyone hates donald trump and that was the show goodbye everybody yeah everyone hates donald trump so this is one of these shows that we like to put together from time to time we've been doing it since episode 200 it became 200.5 and the most recent one we did for some reason became 200, no, no, it was a progression, so 200.7. That was almost a year ago, a little over a year ago. Right, and that was after 200.6, which is about three year, three years earlier or something like that. Yeah. We did three of these. Yes. And on the last one, I will, uh, and you'll hear it because you're going to hear this this show, this yeah, last we, one. Yeah, we've kind of stacked them on top of each other. And don't, yeah, it's like don't an onion. Yeah, it is like an onion, exactly. And what you're going to hear is us promising. On show two hundred <laughs> to never do this again <laughs> to never to do another two hundred point five from scratch because what you have is a show older and older progression and show two hundred point five is an old that's a long time ago that's six hundred shows ago yeah and the quality was so different the quality was mediocre and I have to say this I didn't notice this the first time or the second time we reprised show two hundred point five which is going to be reprised for a third time. Uh, you had a, you had a, I don't know what mic you were using, but it was crap. Yeah. And compared to the road that you have now. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, I was listening. You on were the- popping like a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of stuff wrong with that. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. But you know, it was always my quest from, you know, from now going on in my 11th year to create a very small, all digital portable system that you could pretty much run off of your laptop anywhere. Um, and I think after 200.5, somewhere in the 300s, I said, screw it. And I just got a, a huge bunch of outboard gear, which was completely not portable, but it sounded better. And, uh, and then we, you know, I was doing two, uh, trips again and we decided to, uh, to try it on all digital. And at one point I, cause you have, you have to listen to the sound. You have to monitor the, the final signal. Otherwise you have to, you know, what a lot of people do is go back and they, Add compression and all these things after the fact, and it, it never works out that that well. But in order to do that back in the day, I think I explained it in the two hundred point seven. Is I actually had like a, a you know like a half second delay on my headphones when I was doing the show, <laughs> which was right, which are driving me nuts. Yeah, it's well, you don't use headphones at all, so 
Yeah. No. No, exactly. And I'm not going to be deaf like all these other guys. So the quality is decent today, although, I don't know, for some reason the dongle is uh, is crunching a little bit here and there. But as I was listening last night, I also heard us say hello to us from the future. That was kind of fun. I was listening yeah, to the hello show. in the past. <laughs> yeah, hello. And I want to. I want to be the first to say hello, hello to the us in the next future. Yes. Okay. Do your Adele. Hello, my friend in the future. <laughs> I hello. That song came hello. on the other day, and before the song really kicks in, she sounds just like you. It's, it's uncanny. <laughs> hello. hello. Now the hello, reason, my the, friend. the reason we like to do these shows, and the reason why I think the stacking is okay in this case is there's so many things that newcomers really don't have a grasp on, things we talk about, things we say, the genesis even of In the Morning, which you'll hear uh, coming up. Um, uh, here's I wrote down a couple of things. Um, it has taken some people who I know a long time to understand what an evergreen is. And we just say it offhand, like, oh, it's an evergreen. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's not that apparent to everybody. No, we make that mistake a lot. Uh, I think people, if you get, if you're in some industry, you start using the, the kind of the inside chatter, the kind of inside phrases, the inside stuff. Like in the newspapers, if you write a newspaper or magazine, there's a thing called a lead. The beginning of the, of the, whatever you're writing is the lead. Right. But you don't realize 90% of the time you won't realize that that's actually spelled L E D E. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. And that's done because why would you do that? Why don't you just call it what it is? It's a lead, L-E-A-D. No, you yeah. do you everything they have, like graph is G-R-A-F. Everything that you have, those kinds of words, are all misspelled on purpose. So they don't end up in the copy. Oh, is that the reason why? I didn't know that. Yeah, because you want you want to make sure at that's why everything is completely misspelled. That that's one of these inside things. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. Is all everything's always misspelled, so it draws attention to. Oh God, this because stuff will slip into the copy if you put. Well, this is a pretty good lead. Somebody could see that and say, "Oh, that must be the first sentence." Oh, and, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and so it's huh. it's just to draw attention to itself. Another but word. Is, always, I'm sorry. Sorry, no. You're going to say something. I was say an, an, another t- or term that we use is ISO. Then if you just fall right. into the we program, you're like, what, is, what the hell is an ISO? And I remember the first time I heard the word ISO, I was 19. I just started my television career in the Netherlands. And it was in Dutch, it's ISO. I'm like, what the hell is an ISO? It's ISO, which is short for uh, uh, isolated. And, and you know, yeah. when you're working in the business, then you, you know, I didn't want to ask. I mean, I remember asking what the director did. I really remember that. So what exactly does the director do? <laughs> Except yell at everybody in the control room. Is he? You know, um, but ISO, you know, <laughs> good director does that. ISO is typically uh, well. The, where, uh, the way I learned it is a camera that is switched in the main switching system, but also has a recorder running all the time. So you have an isolated uh, recording from that particular yeah. unit. And yeah, you, you actually, when you look at it, it means a lot of different things, but it does mean isolated or isolation. And, and, and we use it just, I, yeah. I use it just for little clips of clips. Yeah. Yeah, standalone. Really it's, more, it's more like a standalone thing when we, when we say an ISO. Yeah. Let me see. Maybe I have an example of one that I can pull we up. We probably right. have other uh, little phrases we shouldn't be using. So here's, here's an example of an ISO. Take them out now. Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Take them out now. So that's an ISO. But it <laughs> comes from a longer clip and we isolate 
a uh, a particular bit. So I made a mistake. That happens. It proves I'm human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my favorite of yeah, the moment. That, that is a good one. Proves I'm human. Proves I'm human. Um, no, it now, doesn't. Doesn't prove anything. From one year ago, there are a couple things that are different. Um, first of all, your comedic timing, and I don't know if that's a, a matter of just the uh, the gear that we're using, that we hear each other better, and the timing is better, and I guess we have low latency, pretty low latency on the Skype. Your comedic timing has gotten impeccable with your <laughs> your little your little one liners. And I heard new ones that I hadn't heard the third time I heard this these shows. I'm like, oh my god, you throw things in there. They're usually Pretty off color. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> there's something there's something that I wanted to bring up, and that is the chat room. And and you know, on the last uh, no, two shows ago on uh, eight four eight, uh I quit the chat room. And I just wanted to explain exactly how the chat room works for me, who is pretty much producing the technical end of the show. Uh, and you don't look at the chat room, and that you know that's that's good. Actually, I think that's a good thing. So when we have no, a th- because like that way I can react with the chat room as a third uh, party, an outsider, right? But the, you now, just say the chat room did this and that, yeah. and that makes me curious. Go on. So when I'm producing the show, I have my hands full. I got uh, you know I'm I'm looking for clips. I'm I'm listening to you, which is of course why I uh, often don't hear your fantastic comedic zingers. Um, <laughs> they are zingers. Um, you know I got my foot on the on the mute switch in case. Uh, oh, that's right. You still get get like the one man band. I am. You just need something between your legs, something between your thighs, and you can squeeze every so often. So on my screen, I have a number of things. I have alerts if uh, if certain emails come through, because people do respond in real time. I have a, a back channel chat room window open, which is a little bit off to the side. Uh, and that's, in, you know, if we have technical issues, that's where uh, Void Zero and Mountain Vortex are sitting in there. And then, and so when I have the, when I say the chat room, it's it's pretty much just an IRC client running in a terminal window. So it's just scrolling by, and there's some highlights uh you know some text is highlighted like a person's handle etc uh, and of course when someone also says something directed at me in the chat room then that highlights so it's integrated into everything i do and this stems from and i think i was thinking about why why am i able to do this you know like i, I just pick things out so the, the scrolling by all the time and sometimes there's something really good in there and i'm able to pick it out and, and i realize it stems back to that must have been 10. And I was talking to Uncle Don, who, of course, uh, you know, famous uh, CIA guy, along as an ambassador and all kinds of stuff. And we've talked about him many times on the show. And he told, I remember him telling me a story about a group of guys that he worked with. And he, I don't know even if I even knew that he was talking about CIA at the time. I was so young. But I recall very distinctly saying we had these guys who were very good at neural network recognition. I think that's what the term he used. And what that meant was he had, there were guys who could look at a map, uh, an aerial map, and because of their neural ability, they could see patterns and say, oh, that looks like a, a covered up uh, air base, or that looks like, a, you know, they had that capability. And maybe that stuck in my brain because I have this capability to pull things out. Sadly, I also pull the things out that are shit that really piss me off <laughs> when I really don't need it. 
Um, so th- my point is the chat room truly is integrated into everything we do, at least from, from my side. And if it, if the signal to noise is off, then, then, it, then it messes with my head. I can't do it. Um, so it's important for people to understand that when you're in the chat room and, you know, you, everyone's chatting around and making jokes and, and, and sometimes these jokes are funny. We bring up punchlines from the chat room all the time. Uh, but often, you know, when, you know, when it says, uh, what was it the other day? Like, oh, someone better try that conversion therapy on Curry's daughter. And it's like, I didn't need it at that moment. So, you know, when, you know, when it says, uh, what was it the other day? Like, oh, someone better try that conversion therapy on Curry's daughter. And it's like, I didn't need it at that moment. So I, I got to get out. The, I thought the, the, the trigger point was when somebody says, whatever it is, he's always, they're always defending Trump. That was, yeah, you're right. That was the, well, that was both on the last show. And speaking of which, uh, and this is the main, this is the main. And you didn't bring that up as, yeah, go on. Sorry. The main difference we between long, the, we have a latency problem today. Yeah, this is a shame. Yeah, I'm going to fix it for uh, for the next show. Um, the difference between the last time we did one of these shows and this one is really Donald Trump for the show, and the irony of what is happening is here is a presidential candidate who is now really a, a candidate, general candidate. And who continuously from day one has said the media is dishonest, mainstream media sucks, they lie, they're no good. We do our job at deconstructing what the media is doing. And a lot of it, if, I mean, I would look at the TV, it's like, you can play the game. Switch the channel, and if within 30 seconds they don't say Trump, then never watch the channel again. Because it doesn't happen. It's always, it's all Trump, all the, everyone's talking about Trump. So there's a lot of work for us to do. We don't we don't investigate. We're not necessarily journalists. We deconstruct media. It's how we open the show every single time. And the irony is that here's the guy saying the media is dishonest. We show how dishonest the media is, and we get penalized. We literally get financially penalized because people think we're big Trump defenders. And I, and I received a note from Professor Dave King, who's one of our longtime uh, contributors. And I, I thought I'd read it to you. I think it's kind of funny. You ready? Yeah, I'm there. Hey there, Crackbutt and Buzzkill. I don't know why it took me so long, but now I've figured it out. It is so blatantly obvious what you two are doing. The No Agenda Podcast is a three-letter U.S. government agency production. Yes, it's obvious. Twice a week, (laughs) you and John are furnished with nicely produced pre-edited clips in order to spread misinformation to the public and keep them confused. This is why you can say anything you want and not get in trouble because it is already government-sanctioned propaganda or disinformation. I've been in the music production business for 46 years. I know how difficult difficult it is to record random clips from various sources and perfectly edit them. Adam, this would be impossible for you to achieve twice a week by yourself. John would definitely be hopeless at doing it. You guys don't sit around meticulously cutting those clips together 24-7 in order to play them on the show. No, the clips are all pre-prepared and pre-edited, accompanied by text for both of you to read, period. These clips are prepared and furnished to you by the U.S. government. This also helps propagate the idea that America is some kind of free country that allows anybody to say anything he or she wants. Definitely bullshit, and you know it after having lived in Holland for a few years. Now, you're all of a sudden a flag-waving American patriot. It's really noticeable when you're breaking down a clip. You're reading a breakdown that has has been pre-written and prepared for you. After 849 shows, you do a fairly good job of making it seem spontaneous. But as Lincoln once said, you can fool all the people all of the time. Well, you can't. 
You guys don't sit around 24-7 monitoring all the world's media. The U.S. government does it. Your silly jingles, karma, nighting, and birthday wishes are included to make the show appear more homemade. Adam, this is most likely the only work that you really do. That's why you always defend playing your stupid, repetitive jingles. As this is your only real contribution to the show. Is this the best you have to offer? It's really pathetic. Logically, nobody in their right mind would donate money to the show. The donation letters are obviously pre-written, pre-written as well. Nobody can prove or disprove them. But the real donations and salary you guys receive certainly comes from the U.S. government. Of course, you will refute all of this in typical Adam Curry fourth grader fashion. But I don't care what you say, as it is so obvious that you guys are doing. You are just two shills working for the U.S. government. This is also why you have never had live interviews on the show with real people, like President Obama on Mark Marin, for example. You couldn't let somebody else come in and possibly gum up the works. Besides, they might see that you guys are what they're really up to. Best podcast in the universe, my ass. They could have made that gag a little shorter. Yeah, I'd, I could have edited um, it. <laughs> this is true. I mean, come on. <laughs> but that's pretty I, much. You know, the way I, I wish that would be ideal. Yeah, right. That's what I was thinking. Government check. <laughs> yeah, government check and the whole show handed to you on a silver platter. We don't have to do any clips or anything. It'd be fantastic. We have about, I, I looked at the past year and we're at about um, 50 clips a show average. That's a yeah, lot. I'm trying to, I'm trying to cut back. I really, ideally, and I did it on the last show. I had my ideal number of because I noticed that twelve. Ah, I thought it was when 11. I uh, when I uh, first started doing clips. I did two. That's right. I, I remember, that's I, right. You had one or two clips. I remember. I did a couple of clips, and I did I did clips probably for about a month before you started doing clips. Yeah. And it, that it was an evolution we haven't talked about, but the clips were not part of the show idea. And but we, as we transferred over to, and if you listen to the what you're gonna we're gonna play after we're done with a little spiel, uh, even in I think a show in the original show two hundred point five, we talked about how we're kind of moving toward media deconstruction. I don't think we really hit our stride until that oil pipeline show. Yeah, uh, probably in the three hundreds or four hundreds. I think around show four hundred, perhaps yeah. we started becoming serious media deconstructors, and that required more and more clips yeah, to the point where we're, once in a while, and it's happened a couple of shows ago after these conventions. These conventions were were brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. Uh, well, we had, that's when we had like fifty cl- fifty clips. It's not po- there's too many clips because we cannot. If you listen to those those shows after the conventions, you hear a lot of "Where's this clip? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Well, let me see if I can yeah. find it. Well, I don't see it on here. I don't see. Well, hold on, hold on. Maybe. We'll, <laughs> oh, I, I well, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I misspelled the word. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's not and that it, bad. It's not that. It, bad. Oh yes. <laughs> it's not horrible. You think? No, it is? no. It, it, well, it's not every time. I'm just saying it happens too much. Hmm. And after that that convention, I mean, especially the the second one. Yeah, uh, I got the biggest more. kick out of the second convention. We had just the craziest stuff. I think we got more out of the second one than the first one because yeah. the first one was kind of, I thought was kind of boring. Yeah, mediocre, not a good television event, really. But the second one was dynamite for finding clips. Meanwhile, that woman who does full frontal, Samantha B. Yeah, she's a she's a, a Republican hater to an extreme, and she's very funny. And she's she structures gags very well. She's got this show called Full Frontal. Now, I can't barely get through it because it's really laden with hate. Yeah. 
And so yeah. she did the Republican convention. Uh, and, you know, it's all this Trump, Trump, Trump. And then she comes in as the Democratic convention is going on. She's on the uh, in the studio. It's not a studio. It's a studio on, at the convention itself for PBS NewsHour. They actually have the booth right in the convention hall. And she comes in and she says, oh, it was a gold mine. Uh, this was as this thing was wrapping up, too. So the Trump convention was a gold mine. It was hilarious. Everything was funny. She says, you know, I can't get anything from this convention. There's nothing. It's not very funny. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> That's, and I'm listening. Holy crap. How all in are you? Yeah. You, as a comic, you're supposed to find humor in everything. You're supposed to, comics should not be. Comics you know, or comedians? Overly, She's, is she a comedian or comic? Is she? What is she? Actually, it's a synonymous in, in the oh. business. Oh, okay. But amongst themselves, they call themselves comics, okay. generally speaking. All right. All right. And uh, Mimi used to produce comedy. We know a lot of comedians. Yeah, that's why I asked you. And see, I said comedians there because it actually uh, sounded better. I don't know why. But yeah, I flipped back and forth between the two terms. But she's a comic comedian, whatever. Uh, I think she's I think she's hilarious, but she's really got a lot of hate. And it's, it's very it hurts her show. Yeah. And you see this with, you know, even Bill Maher, he has this kind of he has hate that is kind of, I think, it's a kind of a, a, a gimmick in some ways. Because he gets all worked up about certain specific things. Mm. And Muslims, he hates Muslims. Yeah, well, he hates religion yeah. in general. He, right, he hates religion in general. He's a hater. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with I'm that. I'm not sure where you were going with that. But I was going that we're getting too many clips from the second. Well, there's another. We there's had it just the opposite. But there's something else that happened is throughout you know, in the past couple of years, and I think you're right, for, around that pipeline episode, and that is, whew, that's four years ago, almost five years ago. Yeah, my goodness. Um, I thought that was a seminal uh, presentation. What also has increased is just the pure availability of televised segments online, which makes it easier for me. Uh, You sit at the TV and you're always recording off the TV. I did a lot of that during the conventions, um, but it's much easier uh, when when possible to say, ah, okay, that's great. I got to get that clip, write it down, go back, find the program. And then it's, you know, it's on YouTube or it's, you can always find something somewhere and then clip it from that, which is right. so much easier. Then you have a, a a link, you know, for the show notes. I like providing that as well instead of, you know, like for your clips, we never really have a link because you're getting right off TV and they're not available online. Uh, so that has changed. Yeah. And just the pure availability and uh, our producers, our producers have really hit their stride. They've hit their stride with making little packages and clips and uh, and uh, and really the no agenda thinking that has dramatically, I think, improved the the product. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, the no agenda thinking is out there far enough that a, a lot of the clips are brought into uh, Twitter, yeah. into the feeds. And then so you can go, just to follow your own Twitter feed, you can get a bunch, you can get two or three clips from, did you hear this? Did you, a lot of it, of course, heard already or did, done on the previous show. Because we are pretty up to date with stuff that we present, but uh, it's very handy. Very, yeah. I could when I'm uh, sometimes if I'm traveling, uh, I have to rely on YouTube and some other things right. to get clips because I don't really have any way of hooking up to the TV in the hotel. Right. And there's no DVR, so it wouldn't do me any good if I did. Right. Right. So um, yeah, I have to and I'll point the, out. When, I think, I'll point out that when we're traveling, like I am today, I'm in New Jersey to 
hang out with some friends who I haven't seen for 26 years. I, it's although I have to work on the connection, but in general, you know, we can do it from anywhere, and we do. We don't. You know, we try not to skip anything. Try to stay on top of everything and bring you an outstanding product. Now, I have a bunch of notes that I think we can probably do after we play this 200.7, which incorporates 200.5. 200.6 was lost. Right. It's gone. <laughs> 206 was lost in the shuffle. <coughs> 200.6 was what we did with 200.7, which I think was probably a mistake. Instead of incorporating two, 200 point, I think there's a reason for it. There's something in 200.6 that was not, it wasn't interesting or it was dated or wasn't, it wasn't a good analysis. So we've got 200.7 coming in and 200.7 plays 200.5, which is the original. And you have to remember that this was the introductory show. So if, so we, if you wanted to get somebody into no agenda, they well, I don't get it. There's all this noise, and, and they keep saying in the morning. In the morning. Yep. <laughs> 200.5 was done to explain, get you up to speed. 200.6 and then, and then subsequently 200.7 was to correct the a, the old material that was in 200.5 that's all been, it's been kicked out of the show. There's right. a lot of stuff that's changed. We don't yeah. do... Uh, everything that we that was talked about in 200.5 anymore we decided for one reason or another that you know the and we explained a couple of things in 200.7 what we've dropped but this show the one we're doing now which is 200.8 uh is going to make another group of corrections and we'll do that at the end of the onion that we're about to play so we're going to start 200.7, 200.7, which will segue into 200.5, which segues out of 200.5 twice, actually, because it does it in the middle once and it goes back into the show. And then it comes out, we're not going to do another middle. The middle's fine. <laughs> Please, we come, no more middle. <laughs> and so the show comes out and we'll make a noise and then boom, we're going to talk about what maybe should be uh, noted uh, that's changed yet again within the last year. Ready? All right. All right. So I, I, I would say let's get ready to uh, go into the 200.7 show. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. And it's Thursday, July 5th, 2015. Time once again for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 736. This is No Agenda. Analyzing ourselves once again and broadcasting live from the Crackpot Condo in FEMA Region 6, downtown Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Immediately, I notice you're different when we don't have an audience. Uh, uh that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Uh, so this is episode two hundred point seven. AK. Wait a minute. Let's back up a minute. Well, why would I be different when there's an audience? I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm a ham. I'm just. Pre- I'm just. Yes. I'm just presuming. <laughs> I'm just presuming that. That's funny. Mm-hmm. No, you were like, hey, I'm John Cindurek, everybody. Uh, episode 200.7, a.k.a. 736. And we do these periodically. We've done it once before, twice before. We did a show called 200.5, which was kind of an introduction to people to the show. 
that don't get a lot of the memes and the noises and the things that we do and the, some of the history of the show. Then we reduxed the show. We did it again uh, two years later. Which was around 435, I think. Yes, right. Yeah. In the 400s. And, and we didn't do it since. And we're almost into, into the 800s now. So we felt that we should do one more look at the history of No Agenda as we... Apparently, I listened to the show again last night. Apparently, we don't even know the history of the show. <laughs> uh, we I w- don't know yeah. the answers to any. We had people ask us questions. We couldn't really answer many of them. We had a lot of theories. Right. And uh, we never discussed much about the show being performance art, which it, it has that element. And I don't think we talked about that at all, which is odd since it has always been that way. And we wanted to do this once more time with maybe some more explanatory stuff. Play that one old show again. But I want to mention that this will be the last time we do this. We are going to, at some point in the next year or two, do another uh, deconstruction of our own show. But we're going to do it from scratch. Right. Right. We'll have to. We'll start over. We'll probably have to bring the weenie and the butt clip back in. in a couple <laughs> Which was things. one of my favorite parts of listening to 200.5 again. I was like, oh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. That was good. actually <laughs> the highlight of the show. <laughs> the whole show. I noticed a number of things, though. Um, well, well, let me ask you. What did you notice listening to? Well, we listened to 200.6, which included 200.5. What right, were the things which, that, 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 that... Well, what I heard was a lot of... Uh, Fact of the matter. Oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no. Essentially. Actually. All the crap that we moan and groan about, we had not really. We had not caught on to it. No. In 2012, when this was done, yeah. we had not caught on to it. Yeah. And so you hear it and you just cringe. Cringe, cringeworthy. I know. And But seriously, yeah, no, all over the place. Essentially, actually. Uh, what did I write down here? Um, whatever the case. <laughs> whatever the case, end of the day. Oh, man. A fact of the matter. So does this mean we've gotten better or are we just anal? I think we're more cognizant. I think it's the self-awareness. I think that's what's important. But I think it also think that the listeners and the producers that follow us, since we've been bitching and moaning about this, and we just got a letter in from somebody saying, well, you, yeah, no, it's fine. You should be able to say that. And he had all these rationales. We don't want to say it. That's the key. Yeah. But we've bro- we've made everybody else aware of these little picadillos. Yeah. <laughs> and and I know that this is the same thing like that we're going through. When you watch a TV show or you listen yeah. to somebody on the radio and they keep saying, and the fact doesn't matter. And At the, the end of the day. <laughs> I know. It's horrible. At the end of the day. Well, you know, change your words, change your world. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's a, that's a book I once read. Change your words, change your world. Well, I think that's probably true. Yeah, it makes so you speak in another language. And of course, the other thing I know. Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll say what I noticed. Another thing is um, audio quality. Big right, difference. Two forms of it. The 2010 audio quality was terrible. Yeah. And, and you were bitching it, about it, in fact. You were saying, hey, my, my mic sounds like crap. And it wasn't something I could necessarily do anything about at the time. Well, you apparently did something about it because in the 2012 presentation, I've sounded great. And now, if you except listen... For, wait, wait. Except for the, the middle bit. bit. The middle bit. No, the cutouts. The cutouts. I would, be con- I would commonly say something like, well, one of the reasons that I've done that is because... And so that's the way it works. Be this long, you know, I'd be. Oh, right, 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 right. Lots of dropouts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is Skype that has just improved. And, you know, we have much higher bandwidth now. 
but the main thing that's changed and I've been on my, and if you even say in, in, uh, in, in 200.5, you'd be saying, you know, how oh, would you, we're, we're anal about audio. We really like audio quality has to be good. And we were just struggling with what we had. I think at one point during that time, I was, um, cause it, it, I wanted everything to be as digital as possible or as contained as possible because of, you know, going on trips and traveling abroad and not wanting to schlep along an entire studio. And a lot of it was external gear. Um, I remember at one point I was actually doing the show probably for a year and a half with a very slight delay on my headphone so I could monitor in real time what was happening because we record pretty much direct to tape as you, as you call it, you know, direct, direct to, so I just, I need to know what the, the end product is. So we don't have to go back and do things after the fact. Um, not that that's necessarily all that noticeable in, uh, in our performance. Uh, but anyway, Wow, big difference with what we have now, and that is purely because of this uh, universal audio, uh, real-time, zero-latency uh, plug-in uh, system that we're using. Right, which makes a difference in the sound. It also, that's another reason we have to do the show again from scratch sometime, next time, mm-hmm. because the information that we gave out about the technical yeah, aspects was, of the show yeah. is all, except for my still talking free free air, which you... You were fascinated with both shows. And it <laughs> doesn't come up on the show much. I, I don't use uh, headphones. The reason why I was, well, first of all, I'm still fascinated by it because it's it's just not a typical radio thing, I don't think. No. Um, but Although, again, I'll use the anecdote. A guy in Vancouver used to do that on the air. Yeah, Vancouver, enough said. Well, it was a big market. Vancouver's not a slouch town. <laughs> Um, we had a, we had a long period where, because I didn't have proper noise gating and and other effects (laughs) where I would hear myself come back through from your speakers into your microphone. Yeah. And then you'd play the clip, turn down your speaker. Oh, wow. I don't even, do I even have that? We never talked about that on the show. I don't know if I have that. Let me see. Turn, turn down your speakers, which was annoying and jarring. And it was, I, I banned it. Here it is. Turn down your speakers. (laughs) And I yeah. always thought that was you. No, that's Michael Butler. Yeah, it was M- Butler. Right. When you said Butler. <laughs> that's good. That's good. But that was a function of my not using headphones. And um, Yeah. Well, it is. It has dra- the, the, the audio equipment has drastically changed the show because we can pretty much do the same show no matter where I am. And, you know, you also are able to do it almost from anywhere because you pretty much just have to have your... Uh, yeah, I don't need as much and, gear as you. Are you still using your M Audio breakout box? Is that what you're using? Well, I'm using the newer one that has two channels, right? And because um, the other one blew up. I, I, I when I'm in Washington uh, North, I do use the old M Audio box because I have two. I had two of them. One of them blew up, and I use it up there. But this one is really a nice box. This new one, I can't remember. It doesn't it just says M Audio on it. Let's see if it's got a model number. It's the M Track. Something or other. Yeah. The other one's Amtrak too, but this is a two-channel black. It's really pretty, and uh, I don't know that it works perfectly, but it does work, I think. And it, I oh think no, it's, it's fantastic! It sounds good. Well, you're also you're the you're the mic man. You know, you have found uh, the microphone that is perfect for your voice for our setup. Uh, it, it's is outstanding. Yeah, I've got a good mic here, and I've got a. I used a PR forty up north. It's just then I don't have to deal with um, with the forty eight volts and all the rest of it because right. the uh, old M audio I don't phantom. believe has a phantom, phantom power. Power, right, right, right. Anything well, else we like, need to talk about? 
before I we took in. a lot of uh, notes. Uh, we can talk about it at the mid-break. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a bunch of stories that we talked about. We, we, we're going to – here's where here, – let me give the design of what we're up to. We've cut out the original 2000.6 opening because it makes no sense. It was most, mostly about Adam getting married. Right, that, and that's it, the reason that we to do that. with the show. Right, right, right. So we're just pulling that, and then the mid-break, which answers questions – Unfortunately, the questions and the answers are dated. Yeah, agreed. Uh, there's a couple of things in there that are okay, but I and I may drop them in when I edit this thing. But I, I, we're pulling that out. We're going to do a new one, and that's what we're going to do uh, halfway through the show. And then at the end, we're going to have the the original ending, which is the 200.5 ending. And then as we go to music, we they interrupt those two guys. Yeah, those dudes, John and Adam of from 2012. <laughs> from, they from come the, in from the past, yeah. and they interrupt the ending. And they're going to yak about something. And then we, the John and Adam from 2015, are going to interrupt them and finish the whole thing. And you're going to have a nice piece of entertainment and realize that this will be the this is being retired. So just but just in case, just in case, for whatever reason, in a year or two, we decide to still use something from this 200.7 show. I know we, we, we agree we won't. I just want to say hi to Adam and John from the future. <laughs> just want to make sure that they're all happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, they may or may not be. You don't know. <laughs> One more thing that, I, that um, and that partially has to do with the setup. And, um, you know, we really, we've improved a lot of the technical pieces. A lot of that is just Moore's Law. You know, com- computers have got, become better, and, and just the whole setup is much easier to handle for me. I notice that I am able to listen to you I can. I have better listening skills now than I had in both of those uh, eras. Let's call them that. Um, and I still have to this day. After the, this is maybe a little known fact. After the show was posted and we're done, we always do a post mortem. We we gossip about stuff. Nothing really show related. Just old wi- old wives gossip. You know whatever. Well, um, we also discuss if the show had some issues. We talk about that always, which always. is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But we end up gossiping. Yeah, we end up gossiping. Um. I always listen to the show, and and, uh, and to this day, still, I, there, there are moments where I'm like, oh, I didn't hear what he was saying. I didn't, I, I didn't understand it, and that's mainly because I'm doing things. I'm, you know, getting clips right. ready, or I'm listening, trying to anticipate what clip you're talking about. Because if, in case it wasn't clear, uh, and maybe this needs to be reiterated, we don't talk outside of the show. Rarely, I have no idea what stories John's working on. He has no idea what I'm working on. Of course, we kind of now, throughout the years, know. You know what we may or may not pick up on, and I can actually say, ah, I don't have to worry about that. I think John will cover that. Um, but and sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. I think I missed one thing recently, and you groused at me. Yeah, it was the uh, the White House correspondence dinner. Right, I missed yeah. it. I just missed it. It yeah. was my and I. You're right. I should have had a couple of one line good clips from one liners right. and something funny. Right. And I missed the whole thing. I didn't even get to watch. I like to watch the red carpet thing. That's yeah. very fun. Well, back. one of these days, we're going to do live commentary. Just, we're never going to do this. <laughs> we, That's we, never going to happen. Right, probably not. Um, but I'm, I think that I've gotten better at listening to what you have to say. And when I listen to these, oh, it's, to me, it's cringeworthy. Have, oh man, you had no, you didn't, you didn't understand at all what he was talking about. And that's probably one of the biggest problems in life. But certainly in media, where most people, if they're interviewing somebody, we're not interviewing each other, but we're having a conversation. Well, we make clips from people that that botch, you know, when somebody right. says something crazy right. and then the guy just right. ignores them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm completely guilty of that. 
And but it's mainly because I'm doing a whole bunch of other things the same. I also keep my eye on the chat room, which is well known. You don't do, right. um, and and, and it, there's more benefit than not to uh, for me looking at the chat room. I'd get benefit out of it, but <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I said I think in one of these shows, I think in two thousand two two hundred point five, that I is so distracting to me because. I just end up reading what they have to say instead of doing right, the show. Right, right, right. Well, and, and so, yeah. yeah, it is distracting. And I read something and then, you know, and then I just didn't, sometimes you just don't hear stuff. So I've gotten better. I'm happy with that personal improvement goal. Yeah, I think I've personally improved on some things too. I should have, but I, probably not as much as I'd like. Uh, I haven't been re, replaying clips that were played uh, on previous shows as much. I don't think I've done it maybe once every two or three months maybe what do you i'm not i don't understand what you're saying you play a clip like on show 250 and then 252 i play the clip as though it's new mm. remember that yeah you that once in a while. The horn. yeah <laughs> yeah no the buzzer which for yeah, some reason you, is one channel only no no that wasn't know. the buzzer you used to use that that submarine dive sound Wah, 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 wah. Do I, I don't know if I have that anymore. I don't think you. I don't think it was the buzzer for that. I think we've also we banned. We've lost that a lot one. of clips. No, we haven't really lost a lot of them. Well, they're lo- They're not technically lost. They're like right. stuff in my archives. I have no idea what that sound effect was. Well, it's not important. It was something. It was a whoop whoop or something. It was one of those <laughs> military sounding things. Uh, I don't know what it was. All right, fine. All right, well, let's just start uh, with the show 200.5, which is the introduction show for people who don't know the history of the show. We try to uh, discuss the history, and then there's a break, and when we we get to the break point, we'll come back in. Okay, here we go. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's May 16th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 200.5. This is No Agenda. Welcome to a special backstage tour of the No Agenda show, coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And it's not really a media assassination today. It's a No Agenda assassination. I'm John C. Dvorak. We still get to say in the morning. Yeah, definitely. Okay. In the morning never goes away. You know, the thing is, we we should tell people, since this is really a show where we're just essentially going to talk about the show, and we're going to ask answer a lot of questions, and probably ask some. Uh, but, you know, one of the things uh, you should immediately note, we actually had the debate as to whether we're going to play the opening uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, um, jingle. It's kind of sad that we didn't put the debate on the backstage show. <laughs> so this is kind of where we, uh, yeah, I think on this show, which uh, is driven by support from our producers slash uh, donors, supporters, um, where we kind of bear it all. Not that we have any secrets, I don't think, but people just want to know a lot of stuff that we don't put into the show because, little known fact, we make it look easy. And also, a lot of this personal stuff that they're asking, because I sent out a message on Twitter to get some questions, and we also got a couple of emails, and you worked up some questions yourself. Mm-hmm. To be honest about it, a lot of it is just plain boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, indeed. You know, John and I have been in, uh, in fact, you said this on episode 200, we've been in media, in all forms of media, from uh, print, uh, you've probably been around typesetting, 
actual... Actually, uh, I used to be a typesetter part-time when I was in college. See, it doesn't surprise me. All the way through to um, today's reality-based television programming and everything in between on, on mainstream media... And I would say, well, I certainly gave up a number of years ago, and uh, and I am patently unhirable by mainstream media. In fact, the last... Uh, well, g- especially after you did that <laughs> CNBC thing. Well, yeah, that's right. Uh, when I uh, said Michael Jackson was probably killed, and they cut me off, and of course now it turns out he probably was. Um, but yeah, the last radio station I was on, which was around the time we started this show, actually, in fact... No, you were doing this that show while we were doing this show. Yeah, but I think we started this show, yeah, but I'd only done a couple, like a week or two, and then we started doing this show, right? I was doing that first, wasn't I? I no, I think you were fired during... The, I, I was think, fired during... We were doing No Agenda when I was fired, but I'd only just started that show. Yeah, no, I think we did it for about a month. Mm-hmm. So, I was trying to think back, because uh, that was, I think, 26 of... Either October or November 2007, uh, the first episode was like 35 minutes, <laughs> the good old days. Yes. Uh, I was living in London, which did give the show a very different flavor, I have to say. I was also baked out of my mind. Right. Although, you know, to be honest about it, I don't think that was apparent. Uh, and I, I, I actually argue with you. Uh, I don't think you, your personality has changed that much from stop since you stopped smoking. Right. But I, well, there's a couple of episodes there where I remember one time I actually went off on some tangent and I said, dude, I'm so baked. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. I, I do remember that. But the personality, well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm just more awake and I can do more and I'm more focused. Yeah. And you finally got a, a rig that makes me sound decent. Yeah. But that's, well, you know, at the end there, nah, at the end there, we had, we had a pretty good setup. It sounded no. okay. But this no. this is the best one, I have to say. This is definitely the best one. So, but, now we met at, uh, I guess, where did we meet, John? Was I in well, Cranky Tangents, Tangents.com on Twitter asks the question, uh, the real Dvorak and Curry have a unique relationship. How did you guys meet? So and f- did you hit it off right away? I'll tell you something. I found uh, in my crap that arrived from uh, from the U.K., I found a videotape of the CNET pilots where we actually first met for the very first time. Although right, and I prob- believe that was in 1993. Three or four, maybe. I think it was three. Yeah, um, and, I, and I'm going to get one of those uh, VHS to, to DVR thingies to, to transcode all of this stuff. But this was when CNET did not have a website. In fact, I registered CNET.com. And said to Halsey Minor, hey, dude, you know, I'll do your email if you want. You know, you might want to have a web thing that I think that would be more appropriate for what you're doing here. But all right. I'll, they paid me like 20 grand to do that pilot, um, which was nice. And you were doing kind of a McLaughlin group type roundtable as the pilot for that show. Yeah, they. I. That, that's kind of interesting because with CNET, they actually uh, went through a whole bunch of people before they decided they wanted me to do it. And I didn't really want to do it. I actually, to be honest, but I never wanted to work for CNET. Uh, but I did like the idea of, uh, of watching Kevin Wendell at work. Once they brought him he was the guy from Fox. Yeah, he's a guy from somewhere. He's a Hollywood guy. He, he had set up the Fox network. He, had, uh, he, he was one of the driving programming forces behind Fox. Early well, days, I don't remember that. But yeah, what, yeah. Whatever the case was, he was a slick operator, and it was yeah. fun to watch him work. And... Uh, but they first wanted Leo Laporte to be the McLaughlin guy, and Leo wanted to do it. 
badly. He won, he's always wanted that tor- that sort of gig, mm-hmm. and because but it's because it's very serious and it's you know this and that. And but they had me do it, uh, but th- that never got off the ground. It just wasn't going to work. And and so then they gave me some other job, uh, being a, 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 a kind of a clownish co-host. Right. With the genus St. John. Oh, yeah. Well, they offered me to, to move out to San Francisco and be there full time. And they offered like really low salary, but two million shares of stock. And I declined. <laughs> yeah, well, was a, that was an error. Well, who knows what you know, I was like? Well, how yeah, many, I know it's a crapshoot. I did the same thing. Yeah, I, like, I, I screwed up. I said, how, how many how many shares outstanding? Well, it was vague, right? I was like, you know what? I got a pretty good thing here at MTV. I'm I'm good. So anyway, so we met in 93 casually. Very and, casually. Very casually. But, you know, we, we followed each other's careers a little bit. But then I was kind of triggered by that when you had your moment of richness. Um, and I was floating around Europe and I ran into a newspaper with one of these one of these papers. I think it was a Dutch story somewhere. And it had a picture of you and you're, you're some superstar in Holland. And it was just unbelievable. So how this guy makes so much money. Yeah. And so then uh, you showed up in town again, and so then we just kind of, just kind of forced myself. But, but on wasn't it. wasn't it a yes? And that was nice. But wasn't it a? Wasn't I on Cranky Geeks when we connected? No, I think we met up first, and then I put you on Cranky Geeks. Well, where the hell was it, John? Because well, we I we did some an email exchange, and I said let's go have lunch or something. We had our first our, our lunch, our initial uh, re meeting lunch mm-hmm. at Fringal. Hmm. And we talked about, you know, getting some, uh, getting a daily news show, the Tech 5 thing, the ideas like that. And then I, then we went and had a big meeting with Ron in the office. Yeah, Ron and, Bloom. Uh, you were on Cranky Geeks after that. I'm trying to look now in my email if I have something from you from that must have been 2007, right? Mm, probably. So how do you do that in Gmail? Do you do date 2007? I don't know. Anyway, that's the, basically the story. And then we, uh, we, uh, I don't know. Then we, I just, we just kind of naturally got along. We really along don't know. That's the answer. We really don't know how that happened. We actually get along just in some funny way. It's not really explainable. It's like, you know, you meet somebody and you or you've known them for a long time. So you know that they're obviously not assassins. So of course, that may not be true. <laughs> but whatever the case is, you, uh, you've always had, you know, you had an acquaintance and then you decide that, you know, now you're working together. It's almost like, you know, where people meet on a Hollywood set and then they're hanging out a lot and then they're, go off their separate ways but instead of going off our separate ways since we were both at Mevio uh, we decided to start doing a uh, show and that now it's debatable is that you know how it got named when we started I, I, th- I think I came up with the name mm, I don't know if that's true I think you're the one that approved the name are you going to th- tell me it was your brain fart I think it was I saying well we got you know why, we got no agenda and then you said let's call it no agenda. Yeah, that sounds about right actually. And uh that sounds good. Something like that. Yeah. And then uh and then it, as it evolved we got into other things which were kind of the same kind of like we don't know who uh came up with the idea. I mean the the donation thing uh Well before I, before we get to that because the show started off with a very different format. It was in fact I think our first show was on a Friday. And uh, like a Friday afternoon, Friday morning for you. And we would just talk about stuff. And I would grab the Financial Times. But we would also just talk about stuff. You know, the difference between America and Europe. Um, right. And it was just a, a, like a casual conversation. Yeah, just like a conversation. And, yeah. And this was, in my opinion, 
I've always felt that a, a, two guys, a, an interesting conversation be, between two people is interesting to everybody. And I've always believed I could sell uh, conversations I have with my wife, and I always felt that a good conversational show where there's not a lot of uh, rehearsal or pre- preparation, but just guys who are just talking about stuff that they know a lot about. And coincidentally, because the two of us are so extremely well-traveled, I mean, pretty much been everywhere, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and observant because, you know, we're generally floating around looking at stuff, uh, it turns out that we have a, enough life experience to uh, to have an interesting conversation, and, and we're both from slightly different backgrounds, so we could complement each other uh, in ways that I thought was interesting for li- people to listen in on. Yeah, and and from my perspective, uh, I was looking to do a show with total honesty, uh, not in the regard of oh, let's all hold hands and tell each other a secret, but more like you know, why don't we just say what it is and not be fake and just talk about stuff and we can contradict and we can have an argument and we don't have to in fact we had no no thoughts even i think about making money doing uh, no agenda yeah we had absolutely no agenda um and and i was just happy that someone would listen to my bullshit <laughs> like hey here's a guy who actually knows more than me because he's been around longer for sure um and uh, and and ha- and we'll listen to some of the because i think i was i was maybe a late bloomer i was like saying oh wait a minute the world kind of works a little bit differently because i was so embedded in the hits you know that's that's all i did i played hits on radio on television like you know i I knew what what all the celebrities were doing and all of a sudden like hey this this is something else going on here i think i I corrupted you more than you corrupted me when it comes to this show correct i I would agree um mainly because of my natural cynicism you know i took a test one there's a it was a computer software program some years ago i've always found it fascinating that was a career guidance uh it was almost like it was a very elaborate computer test you'd answer a million questions it was like an mmpi or minnesota multi-phase personality inventory that people takes in some companies it's actually an illegal test you shouldn't be forced to take it but it can tell whether you're a psycho and all these other things and this was to determine what your what your career path should be and i took the test a couple of times and it was the weirdest thing to get back at the top of a career path this is telling you this is what you should go be doing right. critic <laughs> really yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's really good i like that so anyway, so yeah, we got that thing. We when we started, there's a couple. You know, the, I got like hand worker on all my tests. Like you should be <laughs> shoveling shit, boy. You shouldn't be in any kind of business. You might be surprised. That <laughs> test was pretty amazing. I had other people taking it. it. Was just like nailing people left and right. I wish I could. If I could find it in my I'll archives, take it. if you can find it, I'll take it. Reproduce it in a modern format. It would be nice. So anyway, we uh, started uh, the show just casually, and it had a. Uh, it really started picking up a following quickly, and people were feeding back into the mechanism, uh, encouraging the continuation of the show. And then somewhere along the line, this was your idea, I'm sure of it, because it could have been mine. You decided to do two shows a week. Yeah. Um, I don't remember why. There was some reason because I think we were starting the show was starting to get yeah, long. It was getting long, yeah. And we said, well, why don't we why don't we do two shows? Actually, that's when we made a real commitment, though. And uh, for, no, that well, that was much later in the game. We made a real commitment to do two shows after we we said, hey, you know, this is real. We're building an audience. 
but I think we were going for a good year there just on one show. We probably we, went a year uh, building an audience, and we had a kind of a weird audience because they were really your fans separate from my fans, and, and my fans would say, you, you should do the show by yourself. You should get rid of Curry. And yeah, give I that motherfucker two to the head, man. We and I can't don't believe that, that bastard. you would be getting the same kind of commentary. And it's always made me laugh because it's like, oh, yeah, that's what you want. Just some guy talking solid. <laughs> By the way, I have never. No conversation, no pace and flow. <laughs> I have never received, never received an email of someone saying get rid of Dvorak ever. I've seen, I've, I have seen the get rid of Dvorak meme. On twit on Twitter, and I've seen it here and there. I've never seen it. I'm not kidding. I've never seen it. Nice then. Well, then your fans are less less uh, uh, crazy. Hostile. Yeah. Hostile. Okay. So uh, at a certain point, though, I think that what what really drew us together is we're both radio guys at heart. I think we're you know, and I know I am, and I I grew up in radio. Television was more like a sidetrack for me. Uh, I never felt I, I'm too tall, I'm too lanky, I'm too geeky, uh, I have Tourette's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that would make me not ideal for television, my head isn't big enough uh, to be really successful. I know, you know about that. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got to have a huge, not, not metaphorically speaking, but physically a huge head, that, that makes you successful on TV, we've already established that. And, well. But it was our, it was our, I think our, really our, our um, mutual love of radio and the I love radio and the reason... There's a lot of reasons I think it should be explored. One is that fact that you don't have to. It's it's a different. It's different. I mean, uh, radio is, uh, and this is basically what we're doing is radio, and it's a modern form of radio podcasting. Uh, you don't have to get dressed. You don't have to uh, frimp. Uh, it's more than that. It's theater of the mind, is what I like about it. I right, mean, and you can also right. Well, the theater of the mind part, which uh, is extremely valuable. Uh, I don't know. I mean, my first broadcasting uh, uh, training was in radio. I went to Foothill College for a while and went on, and I was on the radio station. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. I produced a radio play, and I did a lot of radio. I was a, I got a third-class license, which you had to have at yeah. one time. Oh, I, yeah, FCC license. I still have mine. Nobody needs them anymore. And uh, I've always liked, uh, and I'm very kind of a sound nut. I like good quality sound, which is why I was always carping on the quality of this podcast. Um, even when I was doing, uh, when I was doing, uh, um, Silicon Spin at, uh, Tech TV, uh, well, sound, I, sound is always forgotten on television. No one gives yes, a crap. Yes, and so, but, but I made a big stink about it because yeah. it sounded so bad. And, and two of the sound engineers that were working there were, I was their hero. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hero of the sound engineers. Because the sound engineers couldn't get anybody to listen to the fact that they were using cheap mics and, and, and they weren't doing notching or anything. Right. And, and so the sound, it sounded like a cheap ass production. Now, the thing that's interesting is that MIT during the, uh, Negroponte era when they had the media lab, they had studied this to death, and they had done double-blind studies over and over again, and it kept coming up. If you take a group of people and have them watch a TV show with shitty sound and then have them compare and then show another uh, TV show with really great sound, like Dolby 5 channel. They watch longer. No, it's not just that. If When they do an analysis, they claim the picture's better. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And and I'm a sound nut, although I've had a lot of trouble, you know, just because of the technology we've been using. But now, uh, okay, so now it's where it should be. I am way into creating a custom sound 
that gives you something that affects the listener in other ways. By so, the way, do you have the record button pushed? Ooh, yes, I do. Um, so, you know, we have uh, compression. Uh, I put noise gates on because I, I, I don't want to hear when I'm when, when either I'm talking or there's by the way, I love silence when neither of us say anything. The noise gates kick in. It's completely silent. If I didn't have those on, then I'd hear your your room. You know, I'd hear stuff rustling of papers. And that's, to me, an important part of our sound. And I love it because in the beginning, (laughs) certainly when we had uh, a huge Skype delay, people would be like, Oh, you know, I, I keep grabbing my uh, my iPod or my MP3 player because I think that the thing is stopped or it's crapped out. But then you guys talk again, and it gets people's attention. Silence is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it does work. And we have a moment of silence every so often. But um, anyway, so the two of us are kind of have a, we're a we have amenable personalities. Uh, so we we're, we're complementary. We're not you know people say, oh, do you work because you're the opposites? No, we're hardly the no, opposite. Not at all. Not We're just complementary. We have different kind of needs, and, uh, issues, uh, perspectives, but they're not opposite. They're just different. And, uh, and so it worked out. So we have a show that works. Very rare to do you know these kind of partnerships. Somebody else asked a question. Uh, let me go to this one. Um, who's the star of the show? And, of course, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, right on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get that in before yeah, you gave I, the same line. I was wondering if we could actually say it at the same time. I'm like, nah, it'll never work on Skype. We'll, we'll never hit that at the same moment. No, but that would have been funny on stage. So, uh, um, yeah, there, in a Smothers no, Brothers kind of humor way. There's no star of the show uh, because, and there's no, like, sidekick. I mean, it's not like there's a dominant character. I mean, right. Adam produces the show, so he picks up. Uh, the dominant side of the production because he's the one who hits the buttons it says in the morning and he's the one who, who opens the show because he's got all that gear. But it's uh, it just happens to be what you have to do if you're producing because if I was producing, I it, you, you know you'd I'd be I, starting the clips on my cue, starting yeah. the thing myself. But so so and somebody has to produce. You can't have two producers. No, no uh, suck. But but what happened and a lot of uh, a lot of people talk about this. At least I've seen it around. Like well. You know, it used to be, in fact, we used to say the show that has, we open, we would open the show, the show that has uh, no jingles, no sound effects, no agenda. And, uh, then I think you, cause people need to know that John is a, is the kind of guy, and this is, I, I, I really appreciate this, by the way, who will see something on television or find a crazy documentary or something that you're generally interested in. And it's often, I think it's stuff that you don't even, believe in or care about yourself but he'll burn you a dvd and make a nice <laughs> label on it and you know he's, and I, i'm always amazed by the labels it's always nice art and it's it's you know it's, it's labeled beautifully that way if the feds bust in they look at it they say oh this bus this isn't a bootleg this got to be the real <laughs> it's thing it's got to be the real deal but that's not like movies it's you know it's it's, it's documentaries it's uh, different uh, shows that he's seen and you handed me a copy of the family guy uh, with the episode Weenie and the Butt. And that really uh, got the... Because, again, we're both radio freaks. And we figured this would just be funny to do, and it kind of stuck. And and I think uh, that it would be fun. That's also where In the Morning came from, by the way. Um, and it's uh, such a takeoff on the morning zoo format, and which we both, I would say, love and hate at the same time. Uh, loathe, of course, now. It's just so old-fashioned. 
But when you listen to this, you can understand why radio guys get off on weenie in the butt. Uh, it's about two minutes, this. Oh, that's the Hulu. The Hulu pre-roll. Watch your favorites anytime for free. Hulu. Hey, everybody. It's Weenie in the Butt here live at the Quahog Air Show. We're all ready for the Weenie Sound-Alike contest. I don't know, but I don't think they can say my catchphrase because they know funny. <laughs> oh, there it is. And if you think you can say that just like Weenie here, you could win $97.1 for the cool weekend ahead. Weenie have a butt. We, we have a butt. Cool weekends in the morning. 97.1 FM. Cool weekends in the morning with Weenie in the butt. WQHT 97.1. 97.1. 97.1. We, 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 we have a butt. In the morning, cool weekends. FM. Weenie. Weenie. And the butt. And welcome back. Uh, excuse me, I, I gotta find a lost kid. Can I use your mic? That's what she said. Whoa, you got butt slam. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I could really use a hand here. That's what he said. Butt slam! <laughs> That's Manic Monkey on 97.1. Manic Monkey, 97.1. <laughs> cool weekends in the morning. Oh, weekend long. In the morning. In the morning. On the radio. Give me that. Stewie Griffin, will you please report to the radio booth? Stewie Griffin. Hey, that's quite a voice you've got there. You ever think about doing radio? Well, uh, I listen to a lot of radio. Peter and Lois leave the radio on when they go out, so I feel like somebody's home. Well, here's my card. Call me if you're interested. Hey, okay, we've got our first contestant. Let's hear Weenie's catchphrase. <clears throat> Dano Fane. I think we have a wiener. <laughs> and that's Dickie the Punchline Donkey on 97.1. Dickie the Punchline Donkey on Cool 97.1. Cool Weekend. On the radio. In the morning. FM. Cool. WQHG. Cool Weekend. In the morning. On 97.1. 97.1. It's one of the greatest moments in Family Guy history. It really is. And and you know they produced all of that stuff and they must have had a ball because it really was like that in the 90s, in the 80s and the 90s. Radio was absolutely in the morning on the radio. No content. 97.1. Zero content. All filler. <laughs> and I used to hate it. We'd have to do liner cards. Here, read this. Hit the jingle. Uh, all right. $100.1 in cash for you on Z100. <laughs> Z100 serving the universe. So uh, we, we kind of decided, we didn't decide, it just happened. Most of the show, by the way, for people you know, who are asked all these questions, it's really an evolution. Yeah. There's more no meetings. We don't have meetings. No we don't meetings. really talk about <laughs> No. We, we, in fact, that's, if, if there's a rule, we generally agree not to talk about what we're going to talk about because yeah, we, we know that what will happen is we'll start talking about it and then we bring it up on the show and then uh, and it'll always suck. There's like, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like it's been rehearsed. Yeah, there's no tension there. Right. And, uh, you know, so uh, so anyway, so this evolved. But what happened, then, of course, you ran into Jeff Smith. In the morning. And so we ended up getting a bunch of these jingles and things, which some people complain about. But the fact of the matter is, it paces the show well. It is a mockery of the of the other model, and it, but it adds kind of a nice. I don't know what it is. The atmosphere is improved by it. The, the in the morning thing is used as a as a rim shot, generally, or it should be, and it is often. Um, so I say something funny, which is very common on the show, and then he hits the, the, the or, or, shot. or if you go off on a tangent. John Cena, Borax, pet peeve of the day. 
So we have a bunch of these things which we use. And uh, now we got a couple of questions. By, by uh, the way, it, that's an old radio trick for a segue. It's it's really it helps transition the listener's brain from one segment to the next. It jars you for a moment there. And, and if you listen to our last show, uh, show two hundred, Adam was going off the deep end on some topic. He kept talking. It was way at least two, three minutes overdue to stop it. And I told him to play the Adam Curry's pet peeve of the day jingle, which I knew would transition. It would, it would, you know, stop him in his tracks. That's right. It, it also stops me. You're right. Yeah, it works perfectly that way. So uh, the show, here's from uh, one of our listeners. The show you do today is very different from the show when you first started, e.g. personal anecdotes are gone. No, they're not. Audio no, clips and all. jingles are now prevalent. Uh, originally less than an hour a week is now four hours a week, and listeners are now asked to contribute cash. Is the show where you want it to be? Or are you planning more changes? We the show just evolves, so we don't plan anything. Although, although we do things uh, individually that may or may not stick. In fact, if anything, um, <clears throat> we're always trying. <clears throat> it's more like. When I when I find something and and by the way we'll get into this but a lot of people send me stuff that's uh, that's how I get a lot of good information and either that's good or I'll find something else that is good that uh, that relates to it I'm thinking ah oh, man I'm going to blow John away with this oh he's going to love this when I play this I can just hear what he's going to say that's what I'm thinking yeah there's that and there's the other time they, curiously though we both tend to be on the same stories which is kind of interesting but we had a show I can't remember it was about six or seven shows ago where you had actually collected the clips that were all complimentary to my yeah, yeah, discussion. And they, and it was like, cause I didn't get some of these clips that I wanted. You had them. And I actually thought that was the most unbelievable show we've ever done because it, it was, it looked rigged. Yeah. It, it really flowed very nicely. Uh, and that happens from time to time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm on board with the evolution. We, there's nothing is pl- absolutely nothing is planned. I have my own things. John has his things. Sometimes we might send each other a link from time to time, and and even then, usually the link doesn't get discussed because oh, we saw well, whatever you know, it's, it's over. Um, but we have a couple of common interests of things that are funny that we think are funny. Usually, they have to do with mainstream media. I think that's that's the most fun is when we when we rag on mainstream media and pull it apart and simultaneously open people's eyes as to what's really going on in, in uh, on television. You know that may have been triggered by the weenie in the butt episode I, of probably yeah. of the Family Guy because once we start once we began start mocking that model we started looking at the media bitching about it generally uh, on a higher plane I believe than the than the people at Fox have ever thought of and. Uh, we started. We realized that it was actually enter- we were entertaining ourselves, and we knew it was very valuable information. And we had the time. It's not like anyone can't do this, but most people work for a living. If you're to have a job at Goldman Sachs and you're there till uh, you know seven at night, and you have to get in early, whatever, I'm, or, and then you have to drink all day, which seems to be what the job's about, <laughs> and watch uh, strippers. You don't have, watch strippers. <laughs> you don't have time to go and start digging around these stories. To find the one, you know, the missing element, or, or the or the kind of the crazy connection, uh, you just haven't got time to do it. And then, you know, the fact that the mainstream media doesn't do it and they don't uh, is just makes you wonder. So I will say that there were two seminal moments when we had uh, 
our equivalent of a meeting. And the one is when uh, we spoke on the phone and said, you know what? This thing is real. This is really catching on. Let's do two shows a week. That I do remember. Uh, and that was like, oh, you know, something's happening here. This is really special. We should just do it. And then um, I, I, even, I, I even recall you saying, okay, I've got to switch this around. I've got Cranky Geeks on Wednesday. I mean, this is when we started to really integrate this show into our daily schedule, into our lives, because actual work does go into it. Um, I don't know about you, but I every single day, uh, here's my system. I have uh, labels set up in my email, like Gmail labels, and whenever I come across something that I think is interesting or that someone sends me uh, or that I find, I'll email it um, and tag it with that label. So I have a label now for show 201. And then the night before the show, uh, that is if I haven't found anything that, that showed up that I really needed to dig into, which of course can take hours of extra work and um, investigation, uh, then, you know, I sit down and I start to start to assemble everything into a huge outline of stuff. And then I have to read everything, you know, look at all the YouTube clips. And in the meantime, whenever I can, without destroying my relationship, I'm, I'm watching C-SPAN, C-SPAN one, two, and three, uh, I'll skim by HLN, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC just to see what they're doing, see if I find anything funny. I find myself watching less of Fox these days. It's just too annoying for me. Um, but C-SPAN, I find to be just, I love it so much. It, to me, that is it is actual entertainment. And, of course, C-SPAN has done a great job with their video library because all you have to do is remember a, a line that someone said, which is typically what I'm looking for. You go to the archive, you type it in, search transcripts. It'll search the transcripts and come up with that actual piece of video and cue the video to the spot where the line is. I mean, it's, it's amazing what they've done there. It's, it's a very really valuable good. resource. And, you yes. know, the thing is on the weekend they have this, what I really like. I mean, I like the regular C-SPAN, but on the weekend they have this book TV. Yeah. They bring these various art, uh, uh, writers in, and many of them have written crazy books one way or the other, right-wing, left-wing, everything. And they sit them down with a guy who really is a good conversationalist or sometimes somebody that's in their same field of study. And they talk to him for an hour or more, uh, usually an hour. And it's like a whole hour, and it's, extre- it's basically it's like books on tape. I mean, you get the whole, pretty much the perspective you're looking for. You find everything out from this person. They, it's just amazing. It's a, it's much better than any talk show, Charlie Rose or any of these commercial things. Yeah, and, and what's nice, what's nice about that is I know, I kind of know what you're watching, so I know that I don't have to. And for, we, I, I must say, from time to time, it happens every other week. Probably you'll either you'll send me. Sometimes I send you an SMS, a text message saying, uh, "Dude, C-SPAN three now." Right, and then we'll both sit down and watch something at the same time. This has happened to me that I've been in the car, and I get like a C-SPAN two now. I'm like, oh crap! But I luckily have the C-SPAN iPhone app, and I'll listen to the audio. It's like it's sickening. We're like we're like the guys from the Muppets. It's a little crazy. Yeah, it is. But, but it's not as though you know. And the funny thing is, I don't think when we first began the show that we we're going to get so heavily embedded into current events to this extreme. And like somebody says, you know, your show was about you guys going out to dinner, and you know, and and just yeah, it, it was a lot of moments. And we still discuss wine and food occasionally when it comes up. And but we don't instead of sitting around talking about our meal. Uh, that people can uh, live vicariously through our, you know, steaks and uh, and Cabernet. Uh, it, it that pretty much kind of just went by the wayside because it wasn't. Uh, 
I don't know if it well, was... Well, the, the audience also drove that. And, and the only way to measure that is by feedback that you get and the growth of the audience. And it was pretty clear what people were, were interested in. And they were interested on our take of current events, were interested in uh, our unveiling, if you will, and this is purely because of our experience, our unveiling of the bullshit and the, mm, I would say, the deception of mainstream media. And, it's, and, and I think it's helped a lot of people see things in a different light, and that's what the audience wants. And, you know, John, you and I are both in the audience business at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, and in fact, it is. We, you can tell by the way people send you notes. I mean, yeah, every once in a while, somebody that was there from the original show, and they kind of like the fact that we have a wine tip once in a while, which I can still do, uh, or, or there's some observation we made about the trends in food. Uh, that's fine, which, which is now different than me complaining on the earlier show, uh, the show 200, about the, the raw milk uh, issues. That's a kind of a foodie thing. But the point is, is that the people that really got jacked up and the ones that are pretty much financing the show because they send in big contributions and say, wow, we like the, the way you deconstruct these stories, the way you tear them apart, the way you show us, me, as it were, the way you show me that this, that I'm being led astray. People, it's very valuable for people to have some sense of uh, understanding of what they're being bombarded with. So, l- l- when did we start asking for donations? That began uh, sometime um, in 2009. I believe we, we semi-seriously may have done something in late 2008. And I, the only reason I can say this, because I can look at the PayPal account since we did it as a PayPal thing. And we did it uh, at the beginning, I think, with uh, trepidation. Uh, not complete trepidation, but I think you may have had a little more than I did, because I've always felt there is a uh, model uh, of direct uh, um, support. And uh, I was thinking about this. I have to keep thinking of different arguments, because you know the, the ones that do it the best are public broadcasting. And uh, that, You're right. That's what it was. We were talking about that, and then we were talking about PBS, and I said, why, why do those dickheads, who are clearly shills, not all and all the time, but why do they get away with this and why do people support that? It's, it appears that we have a large number of people who, who like us the same way they either currently do or used to like public broadcasting. Right, and, they, and public broadcasting also has the, uh, the issue with uh, the fact that they have commercials. And we, play, you know, we really played up a couple of clips that we developed, uh, we found, uh, about you know, them admitting that they're, they're oh, underwriters. Uh, uh, let's play that one because the, um, we can't play that enough. This was, uh, was the, the president of, uh, of PBS. NPR. Was it NPR? Yes, NPR. Uh, being asked about... Um, underwriters. The, yeah, about their underwriters and how the state of affairs, and here was our answer. Okay, moving on to money. How are NPR's corporate underwriting revenues holding up in the recession? And what about foundation grants? Um, two different stories. Um, underwriting is uh, corp- uh, underwriting is is down. It's down for everybody. I mean, this is this is the this is the area that is most down for us. Is is in is in sponsorship, underwriting, advertising. Call it whatever you want. Right, call it whatever you want, and then I think we started to pe- open people's eyes. Yeah, th- I, this is kind of the way it went. We started to open people's eyes about how it really worked, and people were like, wow, you know, Monsanto sponsors this, Archer Daniel Midland sponsors that, and we're like, well, okay, so how about the objective reporting about those companies? Well, there doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot of it, 
And uh, I think a lot of people, this is maybe how it really started, John, and I'm just vague on it, but is people started to send us like $100 and say, well, this is what I would have normally spent on PBS, the National Treasure. Uh, I want to spend it on you. And I think that's where we said, oh, wait a minute. There's something here. It's an evolutionary show, and, and like with anything in evolution, uh, just a model, uh, it's very difficult to put a, your finger on a spot. I mean, I could, we can do the weenie and the, and the butt uh, spot, and, and that had some influence, and we can point right to it. But the rest of it is, is always vague because it just kind of evolved. And we were actually very, you know, being an open source show, which is another idea that we decided to go with. Uh, in other words, we don't care if you uh, steal the show. Wait, uh, you know, I, I actually do remember I was in New York with Mickey, and it was winter. It must have been winter 2009. And I remember I called you, and I said, you know, hey, this, this model that we've been kind of, well, not really working on, but that has evolved, it seems to be working. We should really go for this. We should really try. And I, and I think at that point I said, boy, I, I would love to do this full time. I would love to do nothing else but this. I enjoy it so much. Well, I, well the model, as I remember, uh, I was always for it from the get-go because i've always admired the model itself i always admire the fact that you can get if you get you give people what you know essentially you you if you're doing a, it's like the max headroom thing where they had the direct numbers you know the guy was the show was going downhill the, the numbers would go down and you could see it in real time you can see if we're doing the right thing if we're doing a good job uh it, directly it's not yeah, it's, you it's, can't, va- it's value for value you can't go off the deep end. We can't turn the show into like an analysis of 60s music, and that's all we talk about for two hours, and expect to get any money from anyone. So we're only doing it. Now, at the same time, we obviously don't want to uh, be pushed around by the audience. We have to lead them uh, as, a, as opposed to just doing whatever they want. Uh, so you have to have some leadership. This is like a company that you, know, you, you, you don't focus group everything. Focus grouping takes you, it shows you what they used to like. But if you want to move the show in new directions or try different things, you actually have to experiment with it, but you will get that feedback. You're going to get a pushback saying, no, you know, this sucks. Don't do that again. And, you know, and then the, the, the donations go way down. So it's an interesting tightrope walk, but it's direct support from the listeners. And, and people have come up with all kinds of different, uh, complaints about it. Oh, you know, you know, the, why we, why do I have to spend a hundred dollars because I, I can go see a movie for fifty bucks and they put a lot of money into making those movies and you guys don't put any money into making this show and they, there's this kind of weird kind of complaints about production costs I've been getting every once in a while and I, my, I never had a real good retort for it except, well, it's, you know, it's different. It's like a, you're paying for books on tape. It's like a book. We're, we're really competing with books on tape. We're not competing with Avatar. And, uh, but well, then I started we're, thinking we're, about we're also, the, we're also competing with radio, but, you know, radio, you get 22 minutes an hour of action. Well, less. Radio eight, is terrible. 17 minutes of programming and 13 minutes of commercials. You know, make your choice. Right. And how much is your time worth? So I've used that argument. But then I also found another one, which I really haven't exploited on the show. But, you know, because people do this production. Well, it costs a lot of money to make a movie. What about a novel? Novels are one of the first in the, one of the first businesses that are directly user supported. Good point. You buy a book. Good point. And you read the book and you've, you know, you've already paid your money. Although, of course, unlike our show, the book you pay in advance for the book. Uh, and you pay in advance for the uh, 
for the Avatar movie. You pay in advance for a lot of these things. We don't do that. We're more of the church model where you, you know, if you don't like the sermon, you don't have to put anything in the coffers. But it's the same thing. Your uh, books are user supported. And once, There's no ads in a book. No. And, what, and once you get over the personal hurdle coming from mainstream, where, by the way, we hate commercials. Uh, I, I've always hated commercials. I've I hate. That's that. where the DVR is such a godsend. No, but I mean, just even as a creative, as a creator of content, I'm like, oh, you know, I gotta, I gotta hit the commercial break. I gotta wait for the commercial. Oh yeah, no, they're this. terrible. You gotta interrupt your flow. Watch one of these shows. Anyone listening to this on Fox or any place else, and they get somebody in a really heated debate, but they're on a hard break. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I've, I've seen this with Tom Brokaw and, and the president. And you know, and they got some some guy screaming in his ear, counting down to commercial, and the president's actually just saying something really interesting. It's like, eh. it's annoying. It's very very annoying as a creator to go through that. But then, <clears throat> it it was kind of weird. Uh, at least for me, it was. You know, you, you feel embarrassed to ask people for money, and there is a psychological hurdle. And but once you're over that. It's yeah, you like, got over it pretty quickly. Yeah, it's easy sailing. You know, it's like, hey, I, I had a little. Value. Uh, I had some pushback from the family. It's like, uh, and I won't say who, but they know who they are. Yeah, the uh, so, oh, How can you bring yourself <laughs> to begging for money for this? How can you do that? It's beneath you. Can't you get some advertisers? I don't want any advertisers if I can get money directly from the listeners. I mean, why would I want that? Yeah, it screws up that. the product. It just ruins the product. I mean, there's nobody. And the thing is, the, most of the people have not. We've taken it. One of the reasons that we do this show and and we do this, the money, asking for money and support donations is because whatever you want to call it uh, <laughs> is because it, it's, it gets us closer to the audience. So it's actually a good, close connection. You know, you know, you know what you're getting for your money. It just it just makes you feel more honest. And the, the, there's another thing we did, which I know was my initiative, and I think it it helped us in a number of ways is we decided to stream it live when we do the show. And that, uh, that did a number of things. One, it gave at least me, I appreciate the instant feedback loop of the, of the chat room. Now I'm, I can't watch it all the time, but you know, I, uh, sometimes a punchline will come through and they're always on a 25 second delay. So it's interesting how that works, but a punchline will come through or someone might drop a link in there. Uh, but I, I personally, even even if I didn't have the chat room, just knowing that people are listening live at that moment gives me an energy that uh, I've always loved doing things live. I, I'm not a big fan of recording. Uh, if I'm if I have to record something, it's got to be live to tape, like I do Daily Source Code, like you do Cranky Geeks, although that's streamed live as well now. Uh, I just want it live, 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 because then you can leave all the warts in there and all the all the the crazy shit, and that actually makes it more interesting when it's not highly produced. And it also forces us to kind, you know, I think before we were doing it live, it's like, hey, what time should we do the show? Well, I got this, I got that. Now it's like, there's my schedule is Thursday morning. Uh, I get up, at, I, I get up the same 630. I get up and, and from then on out, it's no agenda. Sunday morning, 630. I get up from then on out. It's no agenda. Yeah, I know I had the same thing. You said, but occasionally we've had to move the show to the Wednesday night. It hasn't, we haven't had that in a long time. No, but we're going to have it next month because I have a travel thing that's interrupting both shows. Which brings me to. Oh, well, let me finish one more thing about the donations. One of the things that w- when we went into the donation thing, we started asking for, for money, uh, uh, direct support from the listeners. Uh, this has never really been. I've been figuring this out 
because it's a form of marketing that's, that interests me. But one of the things that I that people say, well, you can't, I'm sure you're starving to death and you can't do it. Why don't you get an advertiser? They always say no one except us. And I believe me, I haven't seen anything close. And I, there may be some religious programming that I'm not aware of. But nobody doing podcasting, uh, professional level, good quality podcasting as we're doing, has taken it serious. Yeah. We are seriously, you know, we have programs. We came up with the night thing. We've got a different kinds of the. We also don't, don't call it a tip jar. We don't work for tips. Do this. We're seriously doing this, and it's like take it or leave it. This is the model we're working with. Uh, it's going to be a lot better. The product you're going to get's a lot better if you if you get anything out of it. You get something out of it. You know, contribute. I mean, just the way where this is new. Do you feel the show serves as more than just a source of entertainment? If yes, what do you hope to accomplish? Well, first of all, let me say. From my perspective, I absolutely see this as a form of entertainment. I hope everyone is entertained by our show. They if, have to be. If you're not entertained, we have blown it. Uh, you have. To, there has to be a moment where... And entertainment comes in, in different ways. It can be funny. It can be dramatic. It can be sad. It can be frightening. Whatever emotion button we're, we're hitting, it has to be entertainment. Otherwise, why listen? Then we just be boring. There- I remember somebody sent us a link. So, well, there's a couple of people that do a show like yours, and they sent us a link to somebody's <laughs> show that was very much like ours. They deconstructed the news a bit. Uh, they tended to not to have our perspectives, but they, you know, they did a fairly decent job. And it was so dull. <laughs> they had no. It was just like this academic. You can't get. You know, it, it's just the the modern audience is the modern audience. And no matter how intellectual you might think you are, you will be better served by someone who feeds you information in a way that that keeps your attention. And to keep your attention, you have to have an element of entertainment. Our personalities, generally speaking, I think, are 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 the entertainment. Well, also, uh, and I've only had this well, one. My humor, of course. Yes, obviously. I, I've only had this one other time in my career. Sometimes you just find these magical combinations, and it's not by design. You can't train for it. You can't go to school for it. It just happens, and you have these combos that just work. And this is one of those that just work. In fact, my biggest fear now, and I know what yours is, John, but my biggest fear is you're going to roll over and die one day, and um, yeah, the show will be over. And I know <laughs> you're... 10 years at least. And you're so, afraid uh, that I'm going to go crazy and, and leave Mickey and go off the deep end. I mean, I, I know what you're fear. That's my thinking, yeah. I think that can happen any minute. Uh, <laughs> our Pledge asks on Twitter, uh, Mr. Dvorak, your uh, campaign seems to have the momentum of a runaway freight train. Hey, there's the meme. Why are you so popular? I think we answered that question just now. Also, the No Agenda chat folks wanted the moderator should be invited. They've donated a lot of their time. Well, they're invited to listen to the show when we're done with it. Uh, next time, maybe we can do something more yeah, for them. Th- this show is uh, the, the first one in a long time that we're not streaming live, but also this is uh, a different type of show. We're just kind of... So uh, let's answer the second part of that question, though. What do you hope to accomplish? What do you hope to accomplish, John, with this show? I think uh, at some... And this is going to be... This sounds really... This is not going to sound good. Um, because that, I, because it makes you sound, there's a kind of a, well, you'll see. Let them I, eat cake. <laughs> no, no. I, I think that we, I think honestly believe that we're doing a serious public service 
to bring people, generally pe- people that are listening to the show. I've always believed this with, even when I'm a writer, people always say, well, what do you, what, when I'm writing like in PC Magazine, when I was writing all those years in the Inside Track, I always had a vision of what, what was I trying to accomplish and what I was trying to accomplish because I knew it would get me more readers. It's a selfish reason, by the way. I knew it would get me more readers. My concept was if I could, if somebody read my column and they're, and they're working in a cubicle, and my my column was designed to give them an edge over the guy in the other cubicle who wasn't reading my column. And I've always believed that, that, that this is your, you know, the value proposition, a, a phrase I hate. But it was one of the things I've always, it's always in the back of my mind. I'm trying to give people some edge over the people who aren't paying attention to me. Oh, no, it, this is basically, we want you, the audience, to be able to get laid because you sound smarter listening to us. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that it? Or a <laughs> job or a promotion. Or, or anything. It can enrich your life because you had that one little bit of information that someone went, oh, well, that guy said something interesting. Oh, she has an interesting take on stuff. That, And for me, it's that. Maybe it's just that. <laughs> now, this is, <laughs> well, you know, for you. No, I'll tell you what it is. This is. I think I was born to do this. I think everyone is born to do something. And it took me a long time with a lot of detours, and I've been counting down the hits, and I've, you know, I've pretended to run companies uh, with varying degrees of success, but, but basically riding off of fame and fortune, which in itself is interesting um, to have a perspective from, from that angle. Uh, but this, I love this. I, I so love it. And, you know, people say, man, you work really hard. You do a lot. We have house guests and they'll be like, my God, Adam's always on that thing and he's editing and he's recording stuff. And it's like, yeah, I love it. And it's not, it doesn't even feel like work. I love this. I love what we do. I love what I do. It, and that's also completely selfish, but if it gets you laid, hey. No, the good, actually good, uh, works generally are selfish at some level because you, uh, you know, if you think you're helping somebody, sometimes that's selfish because you get a good feeling from it, and that's a selfish thing. Uh, although it wouldn't be defined as such by anybody in their right mind. So let's talk about the open source model for just. Well, wait a second. before we do that, since you brought kind of brought it up, I want to bring in Simon Smith's question from Twitter, which says, "When you we offer relationship advice on no agenda, my wife doesn't react well to the hookers and blow angle." <laughs> really, she should try it. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Some people just... You know, you know, we do get... Um, I hear a certain thing... Uh, two things I hear. Um, one is people don't like the hookers and blow because they it puts some people off. Okay. Uh, that's just who we are, I guess. And we find it amusing. You know, I don't think, uh, John... Uh, I've never done blow, and I certainly have never done uh, the combination of hookers and blow at the same time. Um, so... So you admit to doing hookers? Yeah, absolutely. You, like, you've never done hookers. Hello? I don't discuss these things in public. Hello, is this on? <laughs> By the way, the hooker situation is a cycle. And uh, the 30s, of the 70s, uh, big, lots of hookers. And so we're, gonna, we're going into a new cycle of hookers. Uh, in the, probably starting around 2012. Well, let me and put prob- it this way. I, I am not against hookers. I think that there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in the sex industry. Uh, but, uh, if, you know, there's a lot of women who support their children and, uh, and themselves, and if that's what they want to do and it can be done in a safe manner, power to you. I grew up in Amsterdam. I saw it working quite well. Thank you. Um, what's the problem is when it gets driven underground, but yeah, anyway, that, like- that, that's a whole separate show. 
So now what was your right now? What was so your the qu- second one? Uh, people say, well, I try to help people listen to this show, but then they hear the opening and the whole in the morning thing. and They think it's uh, some BS top 40, you know, weenie in the butt show. And then they don't listen. <laughs> and I, I, actually, I don't know what we can do about that. Nothing. But I actually like it because you have to once you get over that hump, then uh, then you can get kind of sucked in. So. No, I, it, that's also a mask. That's probably important. Can you imagine, like, some meeting going on uh, at the NSA or the C- CIA, and they're like, yeah, we've got to get rid of these guys. I hear bad things about that Korean Divorce Act. Let's listen to the show. And they hear this whole in-the-morning bit. and like, no, that can't be anything. <laughs> <laughs> it or, definitely puts like, puts people off. Or maybe Echelon. You know, Echelon is, is sniffing yeah, our like, show, and they're like, oh, this can't no, be can interesting. Imagine, yeah, we just... Just what you said. The guy goes into a meeting. And says these guys are they're they're subversive. These two guys, and the guy says, "Really? Well, let me hear what let me hear the show." And then they start playing it with that opening. <laughs> that, that, Crack bottom and buzzkill in the morning. In the morning. The guy says, "Get get the hell out of my office, you crackpot! Get out of here!" So it's uh, by the way that is uh, now that you mention it. I purposely love, and I, I don't know who came up with the moniker, but I love being called the crackpot because it is the ultimate shield. The ultimate, because some of the stuff we say, and I think we get pretty close to the truth on a lot of issues, I would rather people say, ah, he's just a conspiracy theorist, he's just a crackpot, because that will save me from getting killed. <laughs> We've talked about this. Yeah, we should, we yeah actually... no, and I think it's a good theory. And, and, and it's, and, it's, it's an likable theory, but the guy, you know, we shot to track down the guy who, who coined crackpot and buzzkill. It was an email I got, and we mentioned on the, the next show, we mentioned it, and you thought it was great to be called the crackpot. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And so, and then we, our artwork started to have crackpot and buzzkill put on it, so it just reiterated the whole thing. We should, uh, and, so now move into that, uh, open source nature of the show. So two amazing things which are a part of the model, a part of the, the open and the and the freedom and the and the support of through donations is we don't own anything we, we don't well i guess technically if you really looked at it we do but we got we a microphone yeah but the show is whatever it is and we have people uh cutting this up splicing it putting it into uh, all kinds of you know making uh trans ring, ringtones uh making trans music out of it but we also have people who who create things so a lot of our jingles by the way we could use a lot more and we love them but we are very critical we don't just use everything people send in a lot of people send in stuff that we just feel is not good enough um we have um uh artwork and we have two main artists uh, sir randy asher and sir paul t and they, you know, these guys have jobs. They do stuff. Who knows what they do? And uh, and they they spend their time. They they create artwork for us for almost every single show. Now there's noagendaart.com where people can drop art, and we've used the art from different artists. If anything, we so after every show, people should know we have a discussion. So the first thing we say is, what do we think of the show? And there's been a couple times we said, well, that sucked, and we're pretty brutal with each other although john never agrees with my criticism of him if i say well you sucked on that it's like no that was really good um and if you criticize me you're usually right and i just take it like a man ha so we uh we talk about that and then we talk about what yeah we, essentially it's a por- post-mortem yeah. that most publications do yeah then we'll say what uh what do we call the show so we we think about what will get the best seo results what will People be searching. We want all those accidental hits. 
And then we have to choose from the artwork. And that is sometimes the hardest part because this, it's so good. We don't want to, you know, have one guy put off over the other guy because they both sent in something great. It's, that's a hard choice sometimes. Yeah, it's amazing. We have, uh, and there's other artists waiting in the wings that contribute on an occasional basis. We have some tremendous support. Uh, from these guys. And then, you know, Asher set up his own t-shirt shop and through, I don't know what, what mechanism. And, you know, we help no, him no out. Agenda stuff.com stuff. Yeah. And, uh, we have, you know, all these guys and we've encouraged it and we don't, we don't have our name trademark. Somebody came up with an email the other day that sent, sent it. Well, I think I got a good promotional idea. Why don't you trademark in the morning? And then every time you hear anybody saying it on any show whatsoever, send them a cease and desist order and then they'll promote you. <laughs> And you'll get free publicity. Although and, funny. You know, it's actually a funny idea, <laughs> yeah. but it's not our model at no, all. No, it sounds like work. And that's one thing we hate. <laughs> we don't want to do any work. We, yeah, we, do, we actually don't want to do anything. <laughs> we just want to do the show. We don't want to have any extra work. We don't want to do any you know, extra promotion stuff that involves leaving a computer. Are we going to interrupt right there and uh, talk about some of the things that we talked about on that show? And then also we're going to maybe do a little bit of a reiteration of what our comment was uh, two years later where we corrected ourselves because after two years from 2010 to 2012, a lot changed. A lot changed. And we're going to discuss a little bit of that and then we'll get back to the show. But let's talk about a couple of things. I wrote down some notes on this. Can I say something first? Sure. I want to thank you for putting up with my shit. <laughs> we cut you know, the That's whole middle part. The same state. It didn't, yeah. No, you know what I mean. You, get the, you were insulting in some. Spot, yes, but- and I apologize for that. But at one point, you said you know, we we're talking about uh, you know what is our greatest fear. I'm like, oh, I'm afraid that you know you're going to drop dead one day and won't have a show. And then you and and you were afraid of uh, I would uh, leave Mickey and go crazy. <laughs> so you had part of it right. Yeah, you left Mickey. She went crazy. Wow, who knew? Yeah, who knew? <laughs> no, but I, I listen. I'm like, wow, man. You know, you certainly, certainly in two, in you know, in the earlier part of the of the sequence of shows that is no agenda. You put up a lot of with a, a lot of my crap, and I appreciate it. You stuck well, with me. You hung in there. <laughs> well, I knew we had something going, mm-hmm. and and you had this uh, episode you know, 100 where I wanted to quit. Yeah, you, you actually wanted to quit a couple of times. How stupid was that? Yeah. No, I did a couple that, of times. The show 200, by the way, was the Deuce Club show. We did very well. We had a lot of support, mm-hmm. and uh, we're changing our club structure so we can so people can all be the Deuce Club members will be part of the the club. Yeah, which we're I'll figure out somehow to way to put that together shortly. But let's talk talk about a few of the things that we discussed in the interim that have changed, and one of them was show prep. Okay. You made a, you had a different way of doing show prep in 2010. You mm-hmm. changed it a little bit in 2012, which was then you talked about it. Now your show prep is completely different uh, to an extreme, I'd say. And it, what is it now? Oh, okay. Uh, yes, that's a good question. Uh, Dave Jones, who was one of our producers who lives in Alabama. Uh, he's a dude named Ben for, a, I think, a tax preparation firm, a smaller, smallish firm. And he and I were, we were kind of working on, Dave Weiner was a big outliner guy, um, besides, you know, uh, working together on podcasting, but he's always been about organizing information and outline. I've, I've, I'm naturally drawn to the idea of, um, 
organizing information in outline with expanding, you know, trees and you can see what's underneath it. And Dave Jones, just on his own time, and this has been going on for, I think we're now in our fifth year, have been building this system, which we call the Freedom Controller, which is open source. You can download it, run it on your own server. You can do anything. You can, you can replicate everything we're doing. It's, you know, it has documentation too and updates, um, where we have this template for each show uh, that has a lot of the, the initial things that are in there, but also there's an entire system. Whenever I see an article, um, that, uh, I think is interesting. Or if you send me a link that, uh, that is an article that's interesting, I have a bookmarklet on my phone and any, any browser I have, and it will, uh, not only, it will place that article into an outline, into an outline format and also save an offline copy, uh, a stripped down kind of like a, what, what is that? Uh, what an is abstract. It? Well, it's just without, it's just without formatting. It's without the, oh, okay. The, Unformatted. Uh, yeah. But it says it has everything in there, including the images. It'll save all of that. Um, and what's cool about it is, you know, I set up all the, all of that. Um, and what's cool about it is, you know, I set up all these topics and then I can drag and drop all the sound files in that we use after the fact. And pretty much the show prep is already the show notes. So when we're done, often we're still doing our post show, post mortem and our gossip. And then I'll pretty much I hit publish. And it turns the show notes up all these topics, and then I can drag and drop all the sound files in that we use after the fact. And pretty much the show prep is already the show notes. So when we're done, often we're still doing our post show, post mortem, and our gossip. And then I'll pretty much I hit publish, and it turns the show notes, all the stuff that we use into the or the the show prep into the show notes. It's a it's a dynamite system. It is one of, for me at least on the production side. It is. It really, really completes the whole product that we're making. And because it's all structured data, we've had these great um, uh, developers who have been able to uh, create apps, uh, but also the search, search.nashownotes.com. All of that flows very easily, very automatically into anything because of the format that it's in. That's the main, the main difference. It also saves me hours and hours of time. I can even... Uh, if you send me an email, and I did want to talk about that for a minute. If you send me an email, I put it into a folder on my uh, uh, on my IMAP email system. And then when I'm doing my show prep, usually the evening before the show, I can hit import, and it'll import all of the emails that I've saved, which just have you know text or something interesting that someone said, and I can go in and edit out you know any uh, any email address or anything I want to. Uh, so it, everything flows into this one system. And it's really dynamite. It's, it's, I think that every podcast should be using it, quite honestly. Well, on the night before, what do you do? That You say show prep. This is kind of show prep. Right. So the night before, I, well, there's the night before and the morning before, and I don't have to get up as early as you do, but I get up at 7, and the show starts at 11 for me, so I have all this time. Um, the night before, that's really when I go crazy, just getting as many clips, recording clips, doing as much as I can. Which will also be intermingled with if I have an analysis of something. So if there's a document, if there's legislation, if there's something else, I'll really spend a lot of time the evening before. I typically don't go to bed before one or two a.m. So it's a short night. Uh, but I get up in the morning, and then I so the clips are kind of all ready to go, and then I start organizing all of the topics into uh, the familiar. If you look at the show notes, into all the familiar subheadings of uh, you know of of, of different uh, of different topics that we discuss. 
Uh, and then just before the show, you know, I, uh, I organize the clips into little folders. You, uh, you, you send your clips. I don't listen to them. I just drop them right in. I don't even really look at them at all. If you said so you decided not to listen to my clips, I've never listened for, to your for clips. the purposes of uh, extemporaneous uh, discussion. Surprise. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, that's the way that our whole theory. I think we talk about it on. And yeah, the we Twitter. do. We do. Yeah. Our whole theory is and this is based on a lot of different things. We both experience uh, is is the pre-interview and the rehearsal. Yeah. If you do a that, show you, like you this, kill it. Yeah. The life is drained from a show like this if we rehearsed. Uh, yes. So it's done as a performance, uh, performance art. It's done like a, like a improv. And a lot of people are surprised by it because we're so good working together, which is the reason I think you like working with me is that I am fairly good. I'm not as good as I could be at cueing you yeah. to, so I'd be saying something and it's a cue for a clip. You'll be looking for the clip. Mm-hmm. And then I say, and then, and then you, you can't believe what he said. Boom. The yeah. clip starts playing. Yeah. And that's all this engineering talent that you have and your ability to do that is why it, it surprises people. We talked about this off the air about how we do have a lot of radio people that listen. Oh, to they the think show. we have a whole staff and we have messaging lights and, and that you're starting clips or right, people have no idea. <laughs> I want my morning show to sound like that. I said, well, good luck with that, buddy. That's not going to happen. So it's all single handed, which is uh, and and slick. We do drop the ball occasionally and sure. something. Or I just have to stop the clip because I didn't set it up completely and Adam's jumping the gun. Yeah. Or, and or sometimes you heard a cue when there wasn't one there. Or you'll be, cu- or you'll be, you'll be talking about a clip and I'm like, what is it? But then instead of right. digital, and, it'll be and digital. And you, you, you play the wrong clip on occasion. <laughs> or you, you just misspell clips sometimes. I'm well, just, no, <laughs> not sometimes. <laughs> uh, Often. <laughs> I have a tendency to when I'm re- re- doing the clips, I just type something in that I think I'm hitting the right keys, and <laughs> off it goes, and then I never edit it, so it no. goes in this, you know, something. Because that, it's my, I have your clips alphabetically. The story about Jordan could be end up as Y J P Jaden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. S T Y. It's okay. I've learned. I've learned to work. S O R Y. I've learned to work around it. But I know that's why. In fact, if you hadn't learned to work around it, I'd probably put more effort into making the spelling correct. There's something else that has changed in in the interim since our last since two two hundred point six podcasting has seen a resurgence. And it's yeah, the mainstream media. Picked yes. it. Well, yes. I think I think about this. And I'm sure you do, too. But it's almost as if the mainstream media and the broadcast media, the radio people, for sure, have said somebody finally came into a meeting and said, you think that these guys could actually, uh, you know, replace us because they don't have really the overhead we have. Right. Well, we can do podcasting, too. Yeah, that's right. The union said, oh, no. Oh, no. So you do, so they start doing podcasting and all of a sudden they're interested. And so they write articles about it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course we're generally, even though we're, I'd say pioneers having going on our eighth year, we never get mentioned in these articles. No. It's just they mention each other. Oh, PBS has got a a podcast about, about gemstones. Yeah. Well, but the, the, the big difference, and this is something that we just naturally understood and have, have done from day one Radio or television, any type of linear media, um, they always do 59 minutes and 58 seconds. It's going to be exactly an hour. They, you know, everything is back timed. You know, well, we're going to talk this long. In fact, if you look at scripts, even for podcasts that NPR does, uh, it's the, it's the script that has, 
the the seconds next to it. So each line is a second. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Ludicrous. And and we don't have to worry about the next show. We don't have to worry about uh, hitting a sponsor break. No now, hard breaks. No hard breaks. No news. We can go as long as we want. We can start. No kind top of, of the hour. No, we can start whenever we want. And no we, traffic on the eights. Yeah, or the, yes, or the threes. Or the sixes. And we take it, we have from the get-go seen that, I think, is completely liberating. Like, oh, I could, you know, I can just talk until the either. Freeze is over. Yeah, well, until we both know that it's time or. Um, or, you know, you, or it's boring when we call each other, you call me out more often than, than I call you out, but you know, it's good. And I like the raw nature of it. I feel that people are, we've always felt this, that people are so tired of the pro formulaic way that programming is put together. We mock it. We we, every once in a while, we catch a democracy now where the guy says, well, and the worst thing about this is that they're going to have a meeting tomorrow. And they, oh, we got to get sorry. We're done for today. Yep. You're uh, we'll talk to you later. And they run <laughs> yeah. the guy. Off sorry. The yeah. Got to go. Just when yeah. it's getting interesting. Exactly. Um, this happened in, in uh, media writing media too. in as a columnist, when you're writing for um, print, you write to generally speaking, you write to a number. So you, they want 650 words. You try to get 635 to 650, 660 maybe. Right. And they cut out stuff, put something in. Right. Or they just pad. But you try, because you, there's a spot there that you, the thing is going to appear in. It, right. And it's only right. so much area. Right. And so you have to write the numbers. So you do. And there's different styles. You can do 500-word essay, 650-word essay, 750s, 1,200. They're all pretty standard. You can, after years and years of doing it, you can, in your brain, you can act. It's astonishing to do. You can go right to 650 and stop, and then you do a word count. Boom, 650. Done. Right, 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 right. Well, with the Internet, that ended. And it, that again, it's liberating because now ah, you maybe want to ramble a little bit. So it goes to 752. It has these different numbers. It could be anything you wanted to because there's no real page layout that you have to worry about. I was amused by one of my editors. At, I think it was at PC Computing for a number of years, uh, John Zilber, who became a PR guy later. But he used to be one of these guys. And I think this is the drawback. He would start writing and because there was no end. He would just go crazy. He'd write 7,000 words on, on something. Well, but this is also a problem. And so if you look at The Intercept, which is the $250 million WordPress blog from Pierre Drive My Car Mediar, they don't have editors. And it goes on so long that you just your eyes glaze over. You're like, I can't read anymore. I'm so tired of it. And we don't allow that to happen because we we stop each other, either naturally, just subtly. You know, we go into another topic. We are editing either at the same time in real time. That said, when we did show 200.5, which people have heard or heard half of so far, we do discuss, oh, the show, an hour and a half, you know, our, oh, right. Right, we, we can't, I think we ended it with saying something like, Too oh, I knew it, we couldn't go under <laughs> an hour and a half or two hours yeah. or something that's yeah. like a joke now. Yeah, why is that? Well... I think we do deeper digs. I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. The digs are deeper on the material. Mm-hmm. The sh- I think there's a shallowness to some of those earlier shows. We I would agree. come up with stuff, and it wasn't as interesting. And that's also just what the amount of material available on the Internet. That has helped us tremendously. People publishing stuff everywhere. It's great. We have Each of us have our little list of things we want to talk about on each show, and many times complimentary, sometimes not. And it, it drags on and it goes, uh, 
too long. Uh, we're shooting for 245. That's what we try. Yeah. But I can imagine five years from now, uh, <laughs> making tons of money. We're going to go to sleep for a moment. We'll be right back. Producers in five hours. Uh, no, it's not going to happen. I think too, we've decided, although I say we may have decided before, we were going over three hours on a lot of shows. Yeah, that was. And a, I felt that we, yeah. people weren't going to listen that long and it was dragging on. And sometimes the material could have been cut down. And just certain things we didn't need to talk about. So here is the, the challenge in a way, but also it's a benefit. Um, we are episodic. And this is why, even though we, I think, discourage it mainly. People want to hear all of what we've said in a previous episode so that because we do reference things and I'm getting better at saying, hold on a second, let's just explain what this is also for ourselves. Right. I do that, too. Yeah, I've gotten this. I said I've gotten better at it uh, just to stop and say, OK, this is where this comes We're from. talking about something from a year ago. I mean, we've had to rediscuss. The Benghazi thesis, which is was a kidnap, a failed kidnapping attempt. Right. Uh, we've just uh, other things that we've come up with over the years. In fact, there was something in the uh, in show two hundred point five where we mentioned that Hilden Knowlton was behind the oh, global wow, yeah. warming thing, and yeah. I forgot all about I that mean, connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's go over some more stuff on the list here. Uh, you made a big deal about me handing you DVDs that were highly produced and very pretty. And we <laughs> yeah. don't do that with anymore. labels. No, we don't do that. No, that's, no. that's done. Well, we also Three don't shows. see each other anymore. Right. We don't see each other anymore. Even though I'm going to head down there. Oh, don't uh, threaten me. We, uh, we just talk about three shows a week and we, we actually, I think it was last year. We did a third show for, a, for the purposes of another vacation. And so we did a show. If you remember. And we were so tired from doing that third show that I, we, there's no way. Now, when we were doing an hour and a half, we thought it might be a good way to divide it up. And it would give us right. uh, three, four and a half hours a week right. of material over three shows. But it turns out that when we're talking about something, we can't keep it down to an hour and a half. It's just not possible. No, it isn't. It so really the three isn't. show things fell by the wayside. It was never. It's just not a good idea because you just don't have enough. Even the, the, the Friday, Saturday before we do the Sunday show. It's tight, but that was chosen specifically because Friday is when the throwaway news is put out there that you're really not supposed to know, but it's it's put out there because they need to publish something. And that's where I personally, I catch a lot of stuff on the Friday afternoon news cycle, if you will. And then uh, I thought it was funny. We had a discussion of the artists who at the time were Randy Asher and Paul T, the dominant artists. This is during the era when we actually would allow our pictures of the two of us to be on the artwork which we now is, is right. banned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, because it was just, it just wasn't good. Right. No, we don't need the art, that. The art has really become conceptual. It's much more advanced than oh, it is. So good. Well, beside that, or in addition to that, the productions that people are making, and again, I'm going to say this is also Moore's Law, just better computers and editing, etc. We now have entire songs, mashups, stuff put in the right key. I mean, really top-notch stuff that when I was working in uh, Top 40 Hit Radio, we would contract with people who would do that for a living, and they'd, typically they'd make something or a spoof song, and they'd send it to 20 stations and get you know get, because they're all on the payroll. We have people doing such, you know, our producers doing such high-quality work. It's really astounding, some of the stuff that, that, that we receive and, and use on the show. Right, and I think that's a function of our open source nature and the volunteer nature of the show. 
uh, which is uh, unique. We did discuss a little bit about the how the how the funding works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, there was one part of the conversation I thought was interesting and wasn't really explored, but I like a brightly lit room. And Adam, do you still like a dark? A dingy kind of cave-like atmosphere when you do the podcast. Yes, um, yes, I do. Why is this? I don't know. Um, it's. I think I explained it previously. I can't read in the dark. Yeah, but I'm reading stuff all the time. Yeah, but I'm I'm reading the screens. You read oh, off paper. Yeah. I read off screens. Um, for me, it's a romantic. It's part of our. Okay, for me, it's part of the theater of the mind. I I like to be closed off. But, dark room. Yes. I, I you know, I didn't well back Arch when I Obler. back when I was smoking and I smoked continuously during the show, you know, I I only needed a green visor and then I would have been set, you know, I know hey, I'm sitting here with a the single light bulb somewhere and um and, <laughs> <laughs> so now I actually it's in the it's second bedroom is the studio and I have uh, one of those big heavy moving blankets, you know, the kind that yeah. you accumulate after many moves. Then it's on two. It's on a wall. No, because uh, I'm facing the window. The shades are drawn on the window, and then this big black moving blanket is in front of mainly for noise, of course, for the you know, so I don't have an echoey sound to make it a little deader in the room. Yeah, uh, but it also really you know brings down the, the um, ambient light. I like it. It's just what I've always I've always romanticized. I've always wanted to be the night disc jockey, even though you, that's where the shit. Well, the close up of you announcing to your mouth, a close up of your mouth, and a close up of the microphone. Your lips come close to it. Yeah, and it's a hey and, baby, hey baby. And it's raining outside. This Somebody's is driving in a car with the windshield yeah, wipers going back and forth, listening right. to you on the radio. This is the night owl. I'm telling you what's going on. We play another set of Led Zeppelin from beginning to end. Yeah, that's my romantic nature. Well, you know, whatever works. Yeah, I, on the other, the other hand, have thought about deadening, deadening up the room because I know that when you have a dead room, you have a nice sound. But I don't. I let the ambience do its thing, and I don't know that it hurts that much. I play the mic pretty close, so I'm not like too concerned about it. Even though it's not as directional uh, as the uh, Heil PR40. Hey, what this are you using now? I'm using a CAD 3000 from China. Uh, <laughs> China. Yeah, I know. Yeah, nice. I know. Nice. I'm using my. I'm using the road. I've changed. I'm using the road Procaster. Okay. I'm a close micer. I like to spit in the mic. Yeah. Well, I use this mic because I was doing research on mods, and I do have a mod mic which I use for quite a while. The the Jolie mic, and which has modded everything. The whole thing is just a completely remake of a of a Chinese mic, which is these modders love to do. And so I ran into this one guy who's a major, major modder, and he uh, likes to fix mics and do crazy things. But he claims that a lot of things people do, especially removing the capsule, is just a waste of time. You just want to deal with the electronics. Mm -hmm. And so I asked him specifically, well, you do a lot of mods. What is the best mic made in China, period? Do you have any idea? And he says, and he named this mic. Huh. He says, this is the best mic he's ever seen coming out of China. It's an American company, but it's Chinese Mike. Is, it, is that the one in California? CAD? CAD? No, CAD is in the Midwest, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, something audio devices. And, mm. and I think they're in Indiana. I'm not, I don't remember, but the mic is Chinese Mike and it looks like a Chinese mic. And, and it's it has a, I, we listened to all these mics and you, you do one, you have to have final approval on the mic. And you said that mic sounds terrific. And so I've kept this mic, and I've been using it with a, with a spit screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very happy with the sound of it. And it's a good mic. It's got three. It's got, like, uh, 
It's got a figure eight pattern. It's got mm-hmm. capsules in front and back. It's got a nice uh, overall. I think the build is nice. And it was a hundred bucks. Nice. Well, here, here's a little thing I'll just point, just show everyone how it works. I'm big on noise gates. I believe if you can't afford the NPR like studio that, which is really dead. And I read an article recently about the sound is there's a whole philosophy behind it, but so you need to have a very fast acting noise gate so that when you're talking, you can hear the, and when you're, when I'm talking, when you're talking, you can hear there's ambient noise, you know, especially if you have your window open or if the, if you have a fan on or anything like that. So I'll just turn yours off right now and return mine off. And you'll, and people who are listening to the show, so now I, I even have a low rumble coming from somewhere. It, it's a, it's so different. You know, this the, we sculpt the sound to what we want it to be. Yeah, curiously, Horowitz has a noise gate that he uses when we do his uh, the Horowitz show, DH Unplugged. Is that recent? It's pretty recent. He, I, he actually took over. He he called he called me and he said, "I want to set this up." And I walked for like yeah. two hours. I walked him through what he needed, and it was kind of like you know helping the stewardess land the seven forty seven in a way on the exactly. phone. Um, turn the noise gates back on. Hold on. Yes. And uh, and I said, you, know, "You want a noise gate, man? You really want this because it just enhances mm, the closeness and the, the you know the personal nature of the sound." And I like it when it's completely dead, and I love the fact that we have silence from time. We talked about that on yeah, two hundred point five. Yeah, you harped on it. I like really it. Like I like that. it. Yeah, I like it. People did jars people like, awake. I actually like the dead room sound. I mean, I don't mind the NPR sound, yeah, but, they, but it's as good that. as a noise gate. The NPR sound is is dead. It's totally dead, and I know how to do that sound. And we had the, the cranky geek show, and it was being produced in San Francisco. We had the black because I wanted the abyss look. I, it's a look I like on TV because it's cheap and it works. And it's mm. I don't know why it's not used more than a busy set. Mm. So you, Charlie Rose is the is the best user of the abyss. Right. So you're in a big black room. It's actually a form of black velvet. Yep. That you can't, the camera can't pick up where it is. It's like magicians use it constantly, so you can't figure out where the mirrors are, where the rabbit's coming from, and where the rabbit's coming from. <laughs> and uh, it also deadens the room, and it, if it's in far enough, mm-hmm. so you can get a very nice so sound. You can use the cheapest microphone, yeah. and you sound pretty good. What was interesting is when I, you know, before I disclosed what had happened with my personal life, I was in this apartment, and I didn't have any stuff. I had nothing. I didn't even have the moving blankets. And a number of people said, hey, what's going on? I hear something. Something is different about the sound. Wow. Uh, yes. You know what? Steck. Steck noticed it. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to the question, especially the list. Uh, cost of producing, somebody brought that up, and there was no real answer. I mean, we do have to pay for bandwidth now, and it's not cheap. And, and again, we have Void Zero, sir, uh, 19-inch rack. Yeah, and he does to do all the, the the heavy heavy lifting for. Uh, he's the sysop that's super talented. Dude named Ben. Yeah, he runs the infrastructure. Uh, of course, we do have to pay for. It, but he's come up with this is a legacy from the No Agenda Stream folks, uh, Mister Oil. Um, when they set all of that up, they were thinking of starting a business, and that didn't really pan out. But we were very happy to uh, assume what they uh, had created, and uh, and Mark does that for us out of love for the show, and we love him for it, and his. Uh, his uh, partner, uh, Iris, who, when he was in the hospital, she was running. <laughs> he had given her instructions. She was making sure everything was working, making sure the stream was up and changing stuff. And this is cool. Now, on my list here, I have um, 
an anomaly that I spotted. I don't know why. I don't know that I noticed this in 2006, but the 2006 200.6 show. I you said something about how we promote or something, and and then you said I said something about why well, tell people to go to the No Agenda Wiki page, right. and then you went kind of like why why are you sending people to that with that and voice? I, even I remember it could have been, <laughs> and I and it was like I was befuddled by this because it was it's a, always been a good page. It has a rundown of some of the basics of the show, and one time when they edited it down to next to nothing, I bitched. And somebody put it, all the good stuff back up there, which right. is the meaning of the jingles and the right. memes right. and the rest. But I was kind of befuddled by your response to that. And then I, then you, I think it was because that was the era when you were irked about somebody messing with your your personal homepage or something. It had nothing to do with it, anything I was talking about. Remember that? Yeah. Um, I also remember that luckily they put our height on the wiki page. Yeah, you were talking about that. I don't know if that's still up there. I, I know it was humorous height. It was like I don't know, know that, four feet and five hundred inches or something. Five foot seventeen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I like. Uh, I just want people to listen to our show, and as witnessed by our our great websites, we really don't care much other than get the show. And if you want to go to the show notes, they're detailed, and you can get to them. Then they're indexed, and I just like it. We still when you type in no agenda into. The search engine, you, the first couple of pages are ours. Seven. Is it seven now? That's great. Been seven for a while. Right. And there's somebody, every once in a while, something sneaks in. It's always galling when you see that. Some, <laughs> some, it's been a while since I've searched for our. our yeah. Manny Pacquiao says he has no agenda in the fight, you know, something. Oh, okay. Like, oh, uh, right, right. I got you. I got you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, do I don't we, really have anything. I, I do have a couple of questions myself. Mm-hmm. Do you still use that SoundBite software? I do. Yes, I do. Uh, so it runs on my original iPad One, Wi-Fi only, and it, uh, you run a little program on the computer. But one of these days, I will publish the whole setup. It's just I want to do it. But with, you've been saying that for years. It's because I need someone this is to my come. Vinegar book. I'll yeah. put it over here on the list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll see who releases it first. You, the vinegar book or the the sound setup. Um, but it's really it's nice to have. A number of go-to things, and let's see, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four. There's 50 clips that we use regularly, which includes, for instance, the, you know, the, uh, this may be for some people interesting. So if we do the birthday song, right? so that's, that's pretty much one bed, and it goes on and on and on. And then when it's time for me to end that, I start the second one, and then I just stop the first one. So you know you can make it as long as you want. I'm not really that talented that I can fit everything into these pre-produced beds oh, no, all yeah, the this time. Is the- thing, and then, uh, but I do time this to say you know this is episode seven three six. This is no agenda. And then that ends, and then there's a second one that I start here, which is this, and that just goes on. And then you come in, and whenever you're done, and you say I'm John C. Dvorak, then I hit. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill in the morning. So that's all. Just, it's just oh, standard radio. The second so. part was an extension of the first. That's interesting. No, yeah, so I didn't know that. It's funny. Yeah, <laughs> you um, don't, things you don't need to know. I don't need to know, and I don't. <laughs> you want don't want to know. No. What other uh, questions did you? You have? had. Uh, I, well, now that we're here in this segment, before we go back to the show, I think you should play us. A, one of the things that we've done only recently, but Adam, I encourage him to do these medley of clips at the end of the show. Mm. Uh, so it's, it makes the show kind of, you know, it's like the dessert the way I see it. And people, you know, they, if they listen to the whole show, they might as well get a kick out of some of the clips. Why don't you play us like about 
Why don't you just play us a, a shot of not long ones, but a uh, shot of all the short clips you can you can quickly get to say you got your little p- push button device there. Yeah, but those those cl- you mean short clips or the longer clips? No, the short ones. Oh, okay. Just I want you to just run down. What's, on, what's right on the thing right there? Go. Oh, okay. Here we go. That's the news flash sound effect. We have the uh, this, of course, when we always tell people to go out and hit people in the mouth, which is also two clips. Our formula is this. We got that one. We go out. We hit people in the mouth. And then the second part of that clip is this one. It's the New World Order stuff. And then I might add this in. That's all separate. Hey, Hey, citizen. citizen. We have the... I have a ding. You have a bell. I have a a digital bell. See, my bell is, uh, is this. And then we have our phone call. Whenever we do a little phone call bit. We have that. We have... uh, If you see something, say something. We have uh, this one. We have your favorite. By Ayn Rand. And then we have the two to the head, of course. We have this one. That's one mother I'd like to. Then I have three science clips. So the longer one is... The science is in! So we have the science isode. Or we have the science is in, and then of course we have our standard. In the morning, we got the Spanish. We got Chinese. We got French. We got German. We got of course a new entry. Amen. Fist bump. Of course. Not to forget. Luke brothers. We have. You've been deduced. And of course we have. Karma jingle there as well. You've got karma. And then there's a few small ones like, uh, what do we have? We have this one. You can take that to the bank. We got that. Uh, not often used, but when used, it's always it's always appropriate. John C. Dvorak, pet peeve of the day. And that's probably about half of them. Who did the de-douching uh, one? I have no idea. We have to. We should give her her him as a obviously yeah. female voice. Uh, it, she may have produced it, or somebody else may have produced it. We need to give whoever it is credit someday because yeah. I forgot who that was and when it came in. I really well, don't many know. of these things we should, and we've talked about this. I think in the two thousand point five, but not emphasized it. Most of the show's direction has been uh, from the producer listener. They have pushed the show in a certain direction. The douchebag thing. We never called anybody a nope. douchebag. No. Nope. No, no. They called each other douchebag, and then somebody came up with a damn jingle. <laughs> yeah, and and then the dedouching jingle came after that. We had nothing. That was not an invention by us. Most nope. of the stuff. Uh, I mean, we invented the producership idea, the club now coming up, and the night was. Hey, these are, but this is kind of meta. This, the day, this way, the show flows is largely promulgated, I would say, or or pushed along by the. People who listen to the show and mm-hmm. produce it and, and, and come up with stuff. They come up with all kinds of things. And good yeah. things. And there's a lot of stuff that isn't all that. Well, I want to say when we do our final segment, I have a couple things about how you can best interact with us and how you can help us when you want to, uh, when, as a producer, if you want to add something, obviously not just the financial part, but there are some things that would be very helpful for me, certainly. I'm trying to find this one producer. Who was made? Who was in a lot of these jingles? And uh, oh, I was. This is the problem. Well, I will mention here 
since it needs to be mentioned, I don't think it was really mentioned that much in 2002. I don't know why I keep saying 2000, 200.5 or 6. Uh, that we still need donations even though we're doing the show. So if you yes. would go to NA, Dvorak.org slash NA, yes. I think it would be appreciated. And we will have people who have given uh, producer and executive producer amounts to the shows mentioned when we when were done on, on our little uh, vacation moment. There is, of course, one jingle I didn't play, which is also on the soundboard. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Also don't know who made that. And let's go back to uh, show 200.5. A couple of questions from Sir Troy Walters. I just want to go down the list and make sure we didn't miss anything. Um, how did you come up with promotions like the Knighthoods? And although, well, yeah. The Knighthood thing, by the way, I will take credit for that, and I'll tell you why. I, I, although I think we discussed it, and I think you're the one that probably pushed the idea. I could probably, probably the name of a knighthood is probably what I, my contribution. Well, the knighthood thing, and I'll tell you, one, of the, one day, and I've said this, I've done this with everybody who knows me will have heard this probably at one time or another, and I know I t- ran it past Adam. Every time some American, and I think it's supposed to be illegal to receive a knighthood from the queen, but they do. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, every time somebody says, "Why is what's the queen? What's so special about England that they're granting knighthoods? Why don't we grant knighthoods? Right? I do why can't that. we just grant? And why can't anybody? Why can't Ford Motor Company grant knighthoods? What difference does it make? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. So, we, so ours are just as good as the Queen's. I think so, well, and I, I think we have a better group. That's for sure. The knights that that, that uh, have been on our list are they're fantastic people. Every one of them. I have a plan, by the way. Um, of making a night iPhone app that uh, will only be for nights. And uh, it, it'll be limited for a number of reasons, but it'll only be for nights. And uh, and it'll be like our um, our communication model, like a, a network, a night network. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun. Uh, and and we like a bat signal. I still want a bat signal. We're going to need it one of these days. Well, we've got a lot of professional people in the nighthoods. Uh, yes. We don't have a doctor. We have a dentist. Do we have a lawyer? Oh, you know, that's a we good need a question. Lawyer. That's what you need, right? You need a we need doctor. A lawyer. We, uh, need a lawyer. we need a uh, a butcher. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. A farmer. We need a good, someone good. who can farm. Uh, what drives the new promotions? That's a good question. Depends on how you interpret it, of course. Uh, well, and I will say, all the emails, promotion ideas, John does all of that. I do the production of the show. John does all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm the marketing guy. Uh, well, mainly because I've always admired uh, certain forms of marketing that are, never, that are very rarely executed by the general public. And by that I mean, uh, or by general companies or little operations like ours. Uh, and by that I mean PBS and uh, and religion, uh, churches. Because uh, the model is, is so interesting that you get people that like you so much because you're doing something for them, and that's what what PBS and churches are perceived as doing. They one's giving you you helping you spiritually, and the other one's educating you uh, out of mainstream media supposedly. And uh, and I their model for getting money. And by the way, I have a background in public radio. I had a couple of shows, two different shows uh, that were on public radio for over almost 10 years about computers. And I saw the mechanism, how it works and how much money they get and all the rest of it. And uh, I always said, you know, why, you know, why does it just have to be those two groups 
And then, of course, the publishing, you know, the, the direct payment for a novel is a different kind of a thing. Why are these the only two groups that are using this model, A? And, and does anyone notice that they're actually pretty successful with this model? Yeah, didn't work? Thank you. There's some churches out there that have, you know, not counting the mega churches, but, but some decent-sized churches with maybe 2,000 to 3,000 parishioners. And they got the guy with a Cadillac and a big house, and they got plenty of money. And there's only like 2,000 people that are supporting this, the entire parish. And it's like, uh, does anybody notice that this is, looks like, a, you know, these, of course, the tax-free thing doesn't hurt the guy. But it's like, obviously, it's a model that works, and people don't mind the model. I mean, we're not getting knighthood donations because people think this is a dumb idea. Well, so anyway, so I do the promotions. I, I come up with them, uh, you know, every once in a while we... One comes forward and say, "Well, here's an idea. We this is this people would like. So you know, it's kind of like uh, selling the dream kind of thing. I'm not sure. Then uh, uh, I do. I used to be in direct marketing. Well, so I, I say that you know when people ask me about this, I say, look, you know, we have a, a church and our religion is the truth, or as close as we can get to it. There's that element. I, I think you know we seem to offend a few people if we go over the off the deep end with the church angle. But the fact of the matter is, we do the thing on Sunday morning, and I'm sure a lot of people don't go to church and listen to us instead. Uh, I just, but the, or football. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see what since we're in full tilt here trying to maximize our incomes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the drop off is on listenership on the live stream during the football season. Oh, interesting! Yeah, well, well and, we, and by the way, we do look at that that kind of. We stuff. look at all the numbers. We keep track of stuff. Eric likes to dream up weird reports, and uh, we look at them, and we know where we're headed, and we're doing fine. We're not doing well enough that we can quit and do this full time, and and you know that's which is okay. Being in a struggling situation is not a bad thing. And the show, I think, is so- so- sound, if I can say Is it harder to be excited for the next show if donations are down on the previous show? It is for Adam. <laughs> That's not true. It's not like I'm less excited. You said so once. No. Uh, you, then you misinterpreted what I said. What I, what I meant was... First of all, it bums me out because I take that as a as a direct result of the program of the product that we produced. It bums me out. Yeah, it bums me out. Does it make me less excited? No, it motivates me. It gets me motivated to do a better show. That and, and, and we deconstructed. And John, by the way, you got to know this. He's like like the horrible uncle you never wanted. He'll send you notes like. Well, that thing you did that made donations drop <laughs> through the floor is horrible. And I know, and it took me like two months to figure out that this is bull- just writing that just to piss me off. No, I was writing it for a good reason because I believed it to be true. <laughs> it's the way you write it. It's like, hey, oh, it's oh, the way sorry, email is. You sorry, can't be Grandpa. S- yeah, sorry. Don't be such a dick. I suppose I should put a bunch of smiley faces and that would make you happy. Yeah, good. This is what I love about you. Um, what is the single most enjoyable element of the show for each of you? Hmm. That's a great question. And I don't like saying the term, the great question, but it's a thoughtful question. It makes you think, what do we like to, mm, I think when the show ends, (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, ours, first of all, there is no element in the show. I think that's, that's the, the, we have no fixed elements. That's the true, only, the only thing that's fixed is uh, donations. Uh, 
And we do that about an hour in. 45 minutes to an hour, yeah. So and that- we've talked about that because we, we notice the donations fall off if we push the thing off to near the end. Because a lot of people, to be honest about it, do not listen to the entire show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I get a lot of emails from people. I'm like, we just we just did that two weeks ago. Like, how can you send me this email? And yeah, I agree. A lot of people don't get through the whole show. Which, by the way, it's okay. It's okay. And 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 for people who listen, who like, oh, that was you know, there's a fa- this is what I love. There's fast forward. You can fast forward through something you think is boring. I guarantee you'll be backing up. I think so too. Um, for me, um. Wow, this is going to sound kind of weird. Most enjoyable, personally enjoyable. I like it when I have either an article or a clip and I get praise from you. Yeah, I, I'll do that because I, I actually keep a running score, per, but it's just for me. But you, I know you're paying attention to it. I, and, and, I'll, and I'll score a goal for you when you hit one that is like completely catches me flat-footed I got nothing on it. I got maybe my take is even wrong because your take is better, uh, and it's and it's interesting. And so you get, I so I give you a, a kudo right on the spot, and it's very and it's sincere, by the way. And I, and I, you usually only do it when I know I can't top you. You can actually come up with something that's better than the, the, where you got the kudo, something really s- stunning. But I know I've got a topper. Yeah, <laughs> and so I won't give you the kudo then. So that's kind of interesting. Do we have a weird father-son relationship? No, no, it's not, no, it's, it's a teammate relationship where you're trying to compete for that position of, uh, you know, dominance. Okay. Yeah, that's I think it's a team it's a team orientation where the two guys are working to to win, but you know, but, but you want to be the guy that did the best. But it's okay if you play. score the goal. Yeah, you scored the goal. Okay, you scored the goal. Next time I'll score the goal, you prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good analysis. So not, you, the father and son thing doesn't work that way because father and son would be it's be more patronizing. I'm not patronizing. I'm I'm straightforward. Yeah, about that's it. true. That's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. I know how much you'd like that to be the case, but uh, no, no. Not gonna happen. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so I got a little thing here, a little aside. Mm-hmm. Uh I had Eric run the numbers on uh which country listens to us and where we get most of our, uh, our our support from? That's actually that is a question. So, and here's the answer. Uh, what, okay, now I'm gonna, but I'm gonna do it to because I, I have the numbers and you don't. So this is my rare opportunity to make you do what we do on the show quite a bit, which is make one the other person guess, knowing full well that they'll never guess it correctly, <laughs> and it's just kind of a stalling tactic. But guess who's number one? Now is this in? Uh total amount of donations this will be both donors and the amount but it's going to go by the total amount but it's this but turns out the the numbers match pretty well with the uh it's one to one pretty much with the donors versus and totals i will say that the netherlands is very high on the list who's number one oh please (laughs) well number one's got to be america of course by a factor of nine yeah all right, so now it gets interesting. Number two, and I, before you answer, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to get it. Australia? Oh, jeez, you got it! Yes, he shoots, he scores. Oh no, man. I, I know, I, I knew, I knew Australia had to be really high. And oh, I shouldn't have given you the tease. No, no, I, I knew it. I, I, I knew this because. I mean, we, we've had, to, I tr- you know, I track it kind of in my head. I'm like, man, I get stories. The the Aussies are, um, they're really into us. You know, but d- don't mess with them, man. These guys will mess you up. 
and and they don't like what's going on. And I, I can almost guess, you know, by which country is uh, is the most suppressed. <laughs> so of course America wins, and then uh, Australia, and and I think uh, the Netherlands has got to be third or fourth on the list. No, actually, the Netherlands actually comes in sixth. Oh, okay. It goes like this: United States, Australia, Canada, Canada, right? Yeah, I forgot. United Canada. Kingdom and Netherlands, a UK as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, that makes uh, sense. That, I actually thought the Netherlands would come in a little higher. Yeah, so did fact, I. But no, and, uh, and we Belgium? have a couple. Belgium? Of, we have the guys. The reason is because the Netherlands, the guys who do contribute to the show from, are from the are from Belgium, uh, are very uh, they're they're aggressive, right? Uh, you know, uh, Pelsmachers. Oh, he's in Belgium. He's in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, well, Belgium comes in. Then it comes Germany, Belgium, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Switzerland, uh, Mexico, and then we have uh, an anomaly with Japan, which has very few people listening, but they give a lot of money. And so, same with Hong Kong. That's where all the money is. Then we got Spain, uh, Italy, France, Denmark uh, is actually higher, but they don't give any money. They're, they're like they're uh, cheap, cheap. <laughs> the damn Danes. And they're, the Danish are obviously cheap, and then Poland, Poland, which is like that doesn't count. They don't even you know this, the, the non English speaking countries. It doesn't bother me. There's so this no, is very interesting for the amount of. Uh, oh, that's really interesting for the amount of time we spend on or have spent on stories about Poland. They're way down on the list. Oh, they're way down. The amount of time we spend on the UK and Australia. That's about right. Yeah, I would say, and uh, and Canada. We probably should do more on Canada. Yeah, no, the Canadians are compla- starting to complain about it. And they're right. Uh, and, and they're you right. know, it's easy enough to do. I mean, it's kind of hard to beat this. Ari has 22 minutes or whatever the name of the show is that uh, nails them constantly. we got some support in Singapore. I mean, almost every country Estonia, Dominican Republic, Malaysia, Qatar, Israel, one person. Yay. Bar- Bar- which is, uh, that actually is the one that really surprises me the most, that we'd have one listener in Israel. I mean, you may be blocked there for all I know. Could be. Yeah, could be. And, uh... Uh, Portugal, we haven't got much. Uh, you'd think I'd have more in, from Brazil since I'm a writer there and fairly well known, but it's, again, it's in translation. Yeah, they, uh, may, they may be writing all kinds of crap. You don't know what they're translating it to. No, they, I, I know what they're translating. I've had a lot of people, I, I know a lot of Brazilians, and they, they, one guy said to me once, I know, and I know the, the translator, he's a great guy. I've sat down with him and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so PowerPoint, like in 10 minutes, the guy's fantastic. Let me, uh, uh, what was the, oh, here's one that I can't answer. What are the current subscriber numbers? So first of all, subscriber numbers, the word subscriber is a misnomer because uh, we really don't know how many people uh, listen to this show by downloading. We absolutely just don't know. John, how often, and, and by the way, I don't think anyone knows in podcasting what their actual real numbers are. There is so much smoke uh, about numbers. You have to guess. And uh, What would you guess? Well, based on normal direct marketing returns uh, and the kind of money we get, uh, it it's hard to say. I mean, it could be anywhere from 50,000 to 400,000. Yeah, that's about the same range I'm in. And it's impossible to tell from the downloads and, you know, the proxies. And, of course, I'm sure there's a small percentage that is uh, maybe not downloading at all, uh, listening uh, only to the stream. There's people who get it on BitTorrent. 
Um, because we, we only have, you know, in terms of pure subscribers that are paying the five dollars, we only have about fifteen hundred of those people. We have not there pushed. You there you go. Everybody, that's a good number. That's a really very good hard to do the five dollar thing. Some people have done the thirty. Some people say I'm not going to do it till you make it ten, and I haven't put that up. So, I mean, that's, you know, and then they every time they change their credit card or some number, they get bounced by PayPal so they don't have the subscription anymore. I get letters saying, well, I'm sorry, but I didn't realize I haven't had a subscription for six months because PayPal bounced it, and I got to resubscribe. Sorry, you know, they apologize. And some people get bounced for no good reason. It's, you know, we, we're not that stable, that we need uh, more subscribers for sure. We'll push, they will be pushing that probably on the show more okay i have, I have two more things one more uh, one is so i actually would like to know uh how you prep for the show i, I think i already explained what i do i don't do uh, i don't generally what i do is i t- typically take the articles and things that i found and i print them out and uh pile them up as they as they come, because I get most of my stuff online, uh, and then I'm always making clips because I have an H2 recorder by the by the my side at all times, and I'm constantly jumping up. Even with the, the full family could be watching a movie or something, I'm jumping up and stopping the movie, backing it up, and then getting a clip, and then you know. So I collect a lot of. I spend most of my time collecting clips and articles, and I don't organize them very well. I because of the nature of the show, I'm always assuming that it's going to go anywhere because you never know what, you know, who's going to bring up a topic that gets interesting at, in the conversation itself. So I, so I'm, I'm probably underprepared, uh, in terms of pure preparation, not in terms of the work that goes into getting the clips and all that and reading a lot, but in terms of like thinking about what I'm going to do, I do occasionally we'll take a bunch of notes early. If you watched the or listened to the show, maybe a year ago, I would have these notes. I used to ridicule myself for having taking terrible notes i can't read and that was a little more preparation but i found that it really hasn't that didn't do anything to improve the show uh and it also kind of puts if i if i prepare too much i'll i'll, I'll try to dominate the show and uh which right. kind of ruins the pace and flow and the uh for me the only th- i i do collect everything because i find i even you know, if you look at the show notes versus what we talk about in the show i mean the show notes are often four times as much information and I think that is a valuable part of the show uh, for people uh, to be able to go and research stuff and look at things. And, and there is a, a reasonable segment of the audience that, that really uses that and appreciates it and looks at it. Some of the iPhone apps um, give you good access to it and searchability. Um, but I'm, all, I'm typically always hoping, just hoping, that I can find, from a radio pr- production perspective, here it is. I'm hoping that there's one or two zingers that I have, either it's a clip or it's a story or it's something, and I'll work on that. And I cannot go to bed on a Wednesday night or a, a, a Saturday night without knowing I have something. And I, I sometimes will try out my my rap on Mickey. I'll say, how does this sound? And usually I get shot down. Yeah, I, I refuse to do that. I think yeah, that's overdoing it. Yeah, I get shot down. Good. So uh, here's a que- question that somebody has. For you, what happened to the global blank fund? Adam was supposed to have a big report on it. The what? Remember that fund you were talking about? That that money that was hidden at, during the Reagan administration or something? Oh, you know, uh, yeah, the it was a French name. Yeah, this is from Brian Monday. Okay, well, we now now there's your answer, Brian. 
Yeah, no, well, I hit so many dead ends, and I just don't have the time to spend my life. Yeah, and it's, it's not going to bring, bring anything to you the You know party. what it is? There's, there's, uh, I guess the answer is no one has done enough reporting, that at least that I could find, that makes it believable, believable or credible enough and the only way to really get into it is I'd have to do the investigative work myself, and that's obviously not going to happen. Okay, Hugs A Lot asks, what's the actual cost of producing the show? Most po- podcasts have zero budgets and still produce shows. DSC is done free. No, no, no it's not. That's not true. DSC is a part of what the founding and sustaining producers of the No Agenda stream donated their money for, and we'll have to do another drive. Um, and, you know... What is the actual cost? I mean, what does it cost you to go to work? You know, there's actual cost. This is actual time. It's, it's, the, there's preparation. Time is money. Value for value. That's the way it works. Time is definitely money. So is there, is there actual, you know, would you like me to charge by the hour the, the amount of time it took me to set up the studio? That's just one well, little thing. No, you don't I'm want not to. Not sure. Ch- what, actually, the question to me is vague. I don't know what it means. DZ Picks asks, what iPhone, iPad app does Adam use for the Jingles Sound Bank? I use um, a program called Soundbite, B-Y-T-E, one word, Soundbite, on the Mac, it is uh, created, uh, made by Black Cat Software, um, and I've just kind of been, they essentially replicated a cart machine. They look like carts. You can color them like you would color, a, and a cart is a cartridge. That's the, that's the old school way of uh, putting Jing Jingle machine, um, and it's pretty customizable, and what's nice about it is they released an iPhone app, which I can run on the iPad, although it kind of sucks because... It's, uh, it runs in iPhone mode, and you kind of enlarge it, and it do- doesn't work very well. In fact, today I didn't use it at all, um, but normally I do. And it, it brings up the screen of your cart deck the way it looks on the computer screen. And the only re- if I had it, I would prefer to have an extra monitor instead of having the, uh, the iPad run that because um, I use two monitors because I have a lot of stuff that I have to monitor. Uh, and... Really, what I need is I need to be able to connect a uh, a third screen to my laptop. I don't think that's an easy thing to do, though. Okay. Um, here's an interesting question. You, you, I should be able to answer, but I'm going to have you do it if you can. I bought a Nokia E71 because you said you like it. How do I get the stream to work on it? Can we do that? There is actually in the Nokia OV store, which is their version of the App Store, there is a, a – it's just released – if you go there and uh, it's, a, it's like create your own Nokia app, I think they're actually calling them apps, you can enter the RSS feed for No Agenda and it will create an app for your phone. And then you can put that on your phone. It does not do the streaming bit, but you can get uh, streaming um, programs all, all over the place for uh, for the Nokia. But I, I, I think it's more interesting just to be able to uh, to make your own uh, app for the uh, for the uh, for the episodes, so that's how you do that. And BlackBerry, by the way, also is coming out. They called me like, "Yeah, we're gonna do podcasting on the BlackBerry. Can you log in and put in your shows for your company?" And I put in uh, no agenda, daily source code, tech five, top five, cranky geeks, and then I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, there's some podcasting thing on uh, on BlackBerry. Huh. Uh, uh, so yeah. 
Any more from uh, the chat room? Uh, this is Alex Twitter? from Twitter. Uh, let me see if there's one more here. There was so, one. Hold on one second. Just got to see who's uh, texting me. Hold on. Keep Guy going. says, uh, the show's gone from a show with no jingles and no talent to a glut of both. I thought that was kind of unique. It's gone to a what? A, we have a glut of talent, apparently, on the show. It's just the same two guys. Uh, somebody else asks, uh, the show's changed a lot since its inception. It's the same guy, actually, Opera Now. Do you prefer the new format? And, you know, obviously we do, uh, or we wouldn't be doing it. And the audience does, more importantly. The audience does, too. I mean, you know, this show is, you know, has a, it's a... It's but, a, you know, you know, I've been flex. in broadcasting long enough. You always have people who say, oh, it was much better then. Oh, it was better then. Oh, it oh was no, I have the then. same thing as a writer. You get this. I have people that still say, when you were writing that column for InfoWorld, it was much better. Yeah. And I looked at those. I could go back and look at that old crap, and it wasn't. Generally yeah. speaking, things improve. Yeah, I guess it's just uh, it's it's just the the nature of the beast. Well, that's the nostalgia, or you know, people at some point people either like you more in time because they hear you more, they read you more, or they like you less in time, and then they associate that with maybe you were doing something different before. Generally speaking, you weren't. All right, so uh, wrapping this up, um, what's the future? Well, we got another two hundred shows to do. At least no, we have well, we have at least until episode three, three, three. Well, before we do another uh, uh, promotion like the uh, uh, Deuce Club, well, we got to thank all the Deuce Club members profusely, and we'll do that uh, over time and in the, on the web page. And uh, I think uh, you know we we're not showing any indication of, of slower growth. People still like the show. I think the, the great thing, and we've talked about this off 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 the air a lot. There's a there's so much material for us. Yeah, I, I think the show there's only there's only growth because uh, it just comes automatically. It's, the it's media is getting worse. Yeah, they're laying everybody off. The, the the Obama administration is getting worse. They're lying to the public just straight out. Uh, you know, there's these crazy things that Hill and Knowlton are doing. I mean, now that I find that they're the, behind all the global warming stuff, you know, we're doomed. Uh, that that's going to go through because you can't stop uh, Hill and Knowlton. I don't know. Are you I, are, are you worried that the show will ever get like taken off the air? Not seriously, but it could be. It could t- be taken off the air. I don't think uh, this. By the way, is a huge benefit of um, of our model because if you have advertisers, that's the attack mechanism. That's where yeah. you're weakest. When the the minute someone doesn't like what you say, look at look at Imus, you know, and that's just one example. The minute you go somewhere that they don't like you, then then the audience. For us, it's easy. The audience is like what we do. We get no money. It's like, okay, we can turn that around in, in one episode. We can go, oh, okay, we went off the track there. We can get it back on. But when your advertisers pull out, then the network goes nuts, and then you're, then you're out of a job. You're dead. You're gone. You're history. You're you've, out. And you lost – in other words, you don't have control from the get-go. Yep. And that's another reason I think the direct support is the way to go. It's open source. We don't care. One of the things that's great about it, I always say, well, one of the, you know, if somebody bootlegs the show, puts on their own website, takes credit for it, say they produce it, I don't care. The fact is our, our messages are embedded in the show. Uh, and they, it goes with us. We don't need to prove numbers. We don't say, oh, our, our, our numbers from 
Arbitron came in, and we got a 3-3, and this is a, here, look, Mr. Advertiser, oh, yeah, yeah. give us some more money. We have a better CPM. We have a certain demo. They have to prove our demo, and we have to prove the CPM, and this and that, and the other thing. I mean, it's ridiculous. Remember those days when when you'd wait for the Arbitrons to come out, and the whole station was, like, tiptoeing around, and, well, it's, we know the trends are down, so we're, how bad will it be? Oh, man. Yeah, we don't do, we deal with any of that. We don't want to. It's, it's ridiculous, and it, we, we completely independent we don't have anybody telling us what to do we don't have uh advertisers telling us what to do which is the d- real danger here and i did without exception the only way we would be taken off the air is if the government or somebody sued us uh or the government decided to pull the pl- or they who knows i mean that but that's not going to happen we're below we're below the radar we're crackpots uh we believe it we're <laughs> conspiracy theory people who no conspiracy Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and maybe we'll get taxed for being conspiracy theory guys. Yeah, that, that, that's the worst thing that could happen. Well, I'll, I'll, I can live and with it that. It seems to me that Alex Jones will get taken out before we do, and that would be a nice warning shot. We'd, he's, the, he's the canary in the cage, as far as I'm concerned, even though I don't think he does half the, the work we do. I think he has good guests, but that's a different format. Well, no, we can't. That's another thing. That's the one question we should, at least before we finish. <laughs> we cannot do two hours. Yeah, we, uh, we've done it again. Before we finish, you know, the uh, people say, well, can I be a guest on your show? Do you, how come we don't do this? How come we don't do that? We may do some separate interview shows separately that will be on the stream that will be part of some other initiative. This show is what it is. It's two guys talking to each other about the cur- current events, just like you do in the coffee shop with your buddies. There's no guests. We don't, you, when you're in the coffee shop, you don't say, and coming in to, to have a guest, <laughs> Here's <donut>. a guest. <laughs> you know, so and so who just finished a book. So what was your book about? Uh, this is not the Larry King show. Right. Well, anyway, um, so, yeah, we were going to do an hour. We're uh, moving up now on, uh, what are we at? I have the exact recording here. We are at uh, 145. Good job. Uh, thank you again to everyone who supports No Agenda, who supported this show, uh, The Deuce Club. Uh, thanks to everyone who's out there making websites and, and crazy ideas and, uh, and promoting us. Um, it is also your show. So I can just say thank you, John. Thank you. I and thank you. I I, I, I re- it's the highlight of my week, to, to, and it happens twice a week. And, and we'll try to do these uh, special third shows every so often. And uh, yeah, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> well, I think we talked out. <laughs> the like, funny thing is, I'll bet you we could do another two hours. I, you know, I was just about to say, not a problem. <laughs> and and our and our spouse. Why do you think it's so weird that I don't use headphones? Uh, it's not. Uh, it's atypical for uh, for radio it, guys. And totally you're... atypical. But but I I managed because I use this the this, the uh, the uh, pop screen yeah as my point of departure. And so if I keep my lips within a quarter inch of the pop screen, I'm within range of this microphone. We're back, by the way, uh, with uh, the last uh, bit of this special episode. And this is, you can tell that we speak exactly the same way off air as we do on air. Why do you think that's so weird? Um, That's, you know, it reminds me of like, I tell people this when you give them, trying to give people teleprompter training that, and it, and the funny thing is when I, I remember years and years ago, I was doing some, some audio radio thing of some sort and I was reading advertising copy and there was just a moment where the read became my actual voice. Oh, and, and that's when you get the gig, obviously. And you go, oh, my God, that sounds that's so, so cool. Yeah, sounds I, good. I'm actually natural. Hmm. 
Now, by the way, there's one thing I did want to mention in the first half is the stammering I do all the time. I think it's annoying. Uh, Thank God people don't bitch about it. I don't notice it at all. Yeah, well, I do when I hear myself. Well, you know, everyone has, uh, there's a lot of stuff I don't like about how I talk. Yeah, well, you sound a lot better than I do. Anyway, so um, I think this is pretty much wraps this show up. Well, I just wanted to say there are um, the format. Well, not the format. If anything, the show has kind of developed a format. Um, the, for me, the, you know, there 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 is a change which was driven more by the world around us. And when I say the world, I mean the media world. Is that uh, now that there's less and less news actually be, oh, okay. being presented in, you know, in on in in the mainstream media, I think that both of us have uh, have taken it upon ourselves to work much harder at actually finding, you know, news words. I mean, we're we're doing more uncovering, and I mean, you know, I jokingly call myself a government legislation analyst. Did you get the email from the guy who says that was redundant? No, I don't, or I haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah, well, the guy says. Why could you call yourself that? All legislation is government legislation, or it can't be called legislation. So you're being redundant. You should be calling yourself an independent legislation analyst. No, or that, something that like doesn't that. sound good at cocktail parties. When you say yeah, I know, it's, it's, government I, legislation I, I analyst, yeah, no. I'm just telling you, you need to re- realize yeah. it's redundant. Uh, now, yeah, you, I think that well, you've done a lot more reading of uh, deep reading and gotten into reading legislation. I had, had not gone that way. I have. I'm more. Uh, f- I'm still fl- floundering in some of this well, stuff. Well, no, I disagree because you're doing something interesting. You, especially the last couple of shows, you've been tuning into a lot of foreign media sources, still English spoken in general. Uh, yeah, I have gone to the foreign sources, and then because that's the only thing I've been able to do, where I, I'll bring these stories up, and you haven't heard them, which proves my point mm-hmm. that these stories are not getting out there. Yep. And some of these stories are interesting, like the Cambodian uh, child. Uh, death. Yeah, it hits CNN now, actually. Uh, Finally, yeah. We that's another thing we we've done over we since the Red Book began, and actually even before that. People are finally realizing that we're way ahead of the curve on some of these stories, yeah. way ahead of the curve. Well, yeah, just look at drones. I mean, I think uh, I don't think it was in 205 that I can remember, but I know we were talking about drones as far back as 2010. And, and you know, it kind of creeps up on you. And sometimes just got to remind myself, like, man, we've been talking about this for so long. And we were joking about drones overhead. Now it's mainstream conversation, just mainstream conversation. So let's wrap this one up, uh, give people a heads up on the next show, and then uh, we hope they'll uh, keep helping us here Yes, uh, with the donations, uh, even though we're not live. Well, we are live to tape, but it's kind of a... And we're going to be back. uh... Ah, let's interrupt these guys once again. This is what we were talking about earlier in the show. Yeah. Now this is the end. We've interrupted ourselves twice here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And is there anything else? There's a couple of things that I suppose we should wrap with. I'd like uh, to, I'd like to talk about how best to interact with the show with with stories and ideas and this is this is really from my end I don't know you, you yeah this hasn't been opinion. discussed yet yeah uh, discuss it occasionally on the regular show right so when you when you have a lot of email as an example um, and I've tried to do this before you know please be descriptive in your subject line etc and please be as short as possible and sometimes it's just not possible people have a story to, if you have a story to tell. If there's something important, if you have new information, new shit has come to light, 
All of that, of course, is fine. But again, subject lines are very important. When you think about going through two or 300 emails, you know, 10 seconds makes a difference in my life. It really does. So for me, please, if you have a link or something that's just funny or something you feel is relevant, tweet it to me. I read every single tweet. Um, I, I probably will not retweet if you send some something that I'm going to use on the show. I will always favorite it so you know that I've read it. And the reason why is it's I go down a list and it's link, 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 link. I don't have to open an email. don't have to go to a next email. don't have to read a whole thing. Just you're limited to 140 characters. It's beautiful if you send it that way. And the same, you know, for John, the same thing. And also, don't send the same great idea to both of us. That sucks. <laughs> send it to John or to me. Don't send, Sending it to both is generally not a good idea because, you know, Sometimes I think, oh, well, John will have that, or you may think I'm doing it, and sometimes we wind up not even covering it. Um, these are very, very important things. And encryption, if, if you really, truly are sending yeah, if you're something. you're a government guy. Yeah, you, need, to... you need to encrypt, because I, I can promise you anonymity, because my system is set up so I'll know that I won't you know, blow, the, you know, blow your cover, but there's going to be copies, and it's just stuff. You know, you, if you really want to be protected, then learn how to do encryption. It's not all that hard. Um, yeah, and send the encrypted stuff to Adam because I, yeah. I more or less I don't uh, and then, um, spend a lot of time worrying about it. Many people will send me clips. So they'll have, oh, here's four clips I made. Please don't do that. I appreciate it. But typically, I'm just winding up you know, clipping your clips. If you want to send me a sound file of something, that's highly appreciated because that saves me a lot of time in you know, recording something or encoding it or taking it off the web, whatever. Um, let me see. So that's, yeah, those are really the only thing. I actually don't have so much of a problem with the clips. So you can send them to me, but if you have a long clip or a reference clip where it says, Oh, look at this YouTube video, do put the time. Oh yes, please. Yeah. Please tell me where it's relevant. And, and, and some kind of descriptor like you'll love this. It's 54 minutes, 20. No, I won't. I don't love that. Yeah. That sort of thing is not good. No, it's not helpful. That's or all. listen to this, or these kind of. <laughs> yeah. we, you won't believe this. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mind getting the email, but you have to realize I get more email than Adam. I'm betting. I don't think so. I get over 450 pieces a day. Oh, well, no, I'm probably. Well, I, well, I, I, I get cycle. about 40 an hour. Is what I, I get. Um, well, that would be 800. And, well, but it, it does slow down during you know certain hours. So we're probably close. Not far from it. I uh, go through my email and pretty much I, if I look at my email page right now, like from oh, let's say it's from yesterday, uh, there'll be a page of I think there's like 35 on the page, the way Squirrel Mail delivers it. <laughs> squirrel Mail. I use Squirrel Mail. <laughs> and so you've got these 35 uh, <laughs> entries, and I'd say three were opened. Huh. I do it based on on, on subject line. I say, and person. If it's somebody I know that I have, you know, I commonly converse right. with yeah i'll check theirs out but if i looked at or read you these now you say why why am i opening this i'll, I'll or the worst thing that happens to the email which is the fifo problem that we've discussed on the show i'll oh this is good we this didn't a, discuss this in 200.5 or 6 no we didn't we've no. discussed it on the regular show uh which is the last thing that comes in is the first thing that goes out and here's how it works. I get an email. And, oh, this is great. I'm going to have to do this for the show. Now, if I don't print the email out, which is though I use a printer, Adam doesn't. If I don't, because he uses the freedom controller. If I don't print it out right there, 
and I say to myself, which I know I shouldn't do, but I'll do it anyway, I'll get back to this. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, well, flagging problem, and all that stuff never works. No, it doesn't work. I never get back to it because I can't find it. I said, mm-hmm. who sent that? Who sent that? Or what was the title? And I'll try to dream up. I do searches on subject lines. I can't. No, that wasn't it. And it's gone. <laughs> right. Oh, another thing. It is not helpful to say if, if you have a great, like, oh, this document or this legislation, people will send that to me on show day morning. <laughs> right. That's and, no- and what happens is, of course, I don't have time to, to dive into it. Uh, be like, oh, this will be great for today's show. No, it won't because I've, I'm already way, way down the path. There's always room for things, but certainly something I have to read and parse. And I like marking up PDFs. Uh, no, send it to me after the show or a day before, not not show morning. It, that's it's sad because there's a lot of good stuff, and then I have the same problem. By the time I'm back around, it's like uh, I don't remember it, or you know, I didn't put it in the right place, or just it, stuff. If you get a stuff between uh, on Pacific time anyway, between noon and f- I'd say five on Wednesdays and Saturdays. That's helpful. Yeah, it has a better shot. It at, does. At, but then I, I have this problem because we talked about how we finished the show and on show nights, what I call show night, which is the night before the show. That's the night with no day. sex. Is that what you call it? It's show, well, <laughs> sex would be better, but it'd be kind of distracting. <laughs> show night would be, uh, you have, uh, you're getting your clips, you're organizing the thing. Now I get to, I have to go to bed at right after it, I close the books at midnight, right? At midnight Pacific time. So if you get a donation and after that, it doesn't get, it goes to the next show. It doesn't right. go on that. And next, we're pretty strict next with day. That. Yeah. And so, so I close that. I send all this stuff. I also have to type in all the checks that came in over $50. So that's like a little, just extra work, which is fine. And Cause some of the checks are, you know, nice and they got notes and it's interesting. So I have to send it all at Eric. And then that's about, I'm done with all that about 1220. And I have to go to bed cause I got to get up at seven to do the, to move right. the clips right. from, and I produce my clips in the morning before the show because the clips themselves, even though I've tried, I would put very descriptive stuff. And this is the, I put the democracy now and I'll put the name of the, who's saying something and what were they talking about? I try to put it all in there, but 90% of the time I can't get it all in there. Right, and because right, it'd be right. too long of a file name. And so what I, so I do the clips in the morning before the show, I, I produce them so I can remember them. So when I look at the clips, right, there'll be twenty clips, right, there'll be right, 20 right, clips right. and I just I just produced them like yeah. an hour earlier. Yeah, I, I can this, look at the clip yeah. and say, I know that I just heard it. Yeah, I have the same thing. Yeah, I, I, that's the last thing I do before we start the show is I I organize the clips into little folders. My clips, your clips are always in one folder, um, and that's the only way I can remember them. Otherwise, if, it, if it's done too far in advance, no, I won't remember either. I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah, like sometimes I'll carry a clip over for a week. Yeah, it never uh, gets played. I got to put this in the next show, and I won't know what it was. I look at it, it says, it says Barry. What is that? What is that? You know, yeah. It's just says something that I really knew what that meant, yeah. uh, you know, uh, three days ago, but now I don't know what it means. Hey, I want to thank uh, Eric, the shill. Okay. Um, I'll I thank him, too. Thanks, yeah. Eric. Yeah, he uh, he does all the rings and stuff, and he customer support, I guess, would be what we'd call it. He's good at that. He's yeah. really good. And I want to thank Mimi. Uh, who uh, you know make sure that uh, that it, we're all on the straight and narrow? Yeah, she does that, and uh, that's it. That's that's the whole no agenda. Else no, <laughs> I don't think. So. Well, the producers, of course, the people yeah, who support us. We obviously, think our, our grand dukes. We got two oh, of yeah. them. Yep, it's a big deal. Pelsmacher and 
Uh, Foley. 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 Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. And, uh, uh, but everyone, every, you know, all the people who, um, students, uh, there's people on, you know, fixed income, social security of producers, listeners. I have to say it's, it astonishes me. That's the most interesting thing is the number of the, the range that we have of listeners. The demo is out of control. There's no way you can isolate the demo. Oh, we, no, we couldn't even sell this to an advertiser. No, because the demo is all over the <laughs> like, map. We don't know what to, we don't know what to sell Mars bars or uh, geriatric underwear. We're not sure what we're supposed to sell on your show. Yeah, pablum. <laughs> exactly. We have no idea. No. And, and it's, it's really great. I mean, I think it's great to have a wide variety because that way our input, we get a lot of input. The input is from a wide variety of people. We have people in the government. We have people in the intelligence. We have people in the military. We have steel workers. We have dentists, we doctors. One of the things we talked about on the on the two hundred point five show, which I wanted to mention, is that we to mention is that we were lamenting some of the people that we had. You know, who was the was the when the oldest show was Knighthood's random a rundown, and we we're talking. Well, we need. Lawyers and we need uh, butchers. We like to have a butcher listening. We have at this point, years later, five years later from that show, we have all those. All of them. Yeah. We have a knight who's a butcher. We have a knight who's a dentist. We have plenty of doctors who are knights. We We have plenty of lawyers. We have professors. We have Um, professors. We have um, again military men. We have entrepreneurs. So everybody's on board, and we try to do the best we can to keep everybody entertained as best we can. I think we do a good job. I think so. If not, we wouldn't be, the show would be over. Yes, and that could happen if, you know, support. If, if we lose our way. <laughs> or we lose our, it would be our fault. Yeah, I agree. Something I agree. would change and or everyone would rush to all oh, this new show these guys are doing, Dumb Agenda. Dumb Agenda? I've never heard of Dumb Agenda. I've heard of No Agenda, but not Dumb Agenda. Oh, Dumb Agenda is so much it's better. much better. Stop listening it's to No great. Agenda. Yeah, really. <laughs> It happened. Yeah. Yes, I'm cognizant of it. Every single every single show, I'm always happy if we we get to do another one. Right, and that is determined on a weekly basis, and it's actually a twice weekly basis, uh, and it depends on your help, your donations, and uh, your support to Dvorak.org slash Anna. It'd be my last plug for that. And the newsletter, I will say, is of extreme important importance uh, to the show, which you do all that, and that is your science. Uh, you you really work very hard on on getting people to open the newsletter. Yeah, that, well, that's a challenge. Uh, and I encourage everyone. I've started moving the uh, the sign up link to the top of the show notes, right on the homepage. Uh, sign up for the newsletter, you know, and then make sure that if you're on Gmail, make, you know it's probably in the promotions tab. Or yeah, it always shows up in like the promotions that. tab. It will show up in spam once in a while yeah. because these guys don't care about you. No, at all. And that is the bottom line. This is it's your show. Um, you produce it. That's how it works. I, I can't say it any other way. People are producing. We yeah. We, we have the the final production. We put it all together. We try to lead you into places where we think it'll be interesting. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, but it really is. Uh, it's yeah. You know, I hate the word, but it's a community. Ah, uh, you don't hate the word. You're full of it. Nah, nah. It's it's like one of those words. It's a good word. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's a community, and everyone's a part of it, and. Uh, and I yes, like it. everyone's a part of it. And they, we, this next over the next year or so, we're going to try to create the more meetup so people can have their little uh, get togethers. Because it turns out, and we've both witnessed this, is that if you're out with the No Agenda community in anywhere from Michigan to Tennessee to wherever, and there's a, a to few Moscow, what are you talking to Moscow? You name Moscow. it. A few yeah. of them gather. 
a few of them gather together and they all like each other. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a social thing because anyone who listens to no agenda will have a certain take on the world and that take on the world affects your personality in just the way that other people who listen to no agenda, you end up liking each other. So it's a, we could create a lot of long lasting friendships if we put a little more effort into that part of it. And I think we're going to attempt to do more. In well, that certainly uh, I plan to uh, be on the road. In the in the coming fall, I plan. I still want to do my uh, trip to the Sacramento Train Museum on the Amtrak <laughs> meetup. Nice, <laughs> it'd be great. Yeah. Everybody gets on the train, they chug it up <laughs> to uh, the Sacramento, and we all go to the Train Museum, look around, meet up, have a lunch in Sacramento, and then jump on the train and go back or stay there. Whatever anyone wants to do, I think it'd be fantastic. All the board trains good, planes bad. We pick up everyone from from San Jose up through the uh, peninsula, through San Francisco, and on. Nice. Well, okay. I, th- I think uh, I think we I think we did it. I think so. Play us out, Maestro. Yep. Yes, I said this is another one of those things on the board for the. Um, oh yes, of course. You know, for those of you who have the opportunity, the, listening to the show live has its own merit and is interesting. Certainly, if you're in the chat room and. Uh, not not everybody knows that probably a half an hour before we start live, uh, there's a pre-stream, and uh, you know I play songs and some of the and sometimes even things we'll be playing in the show itself. We've got some longer jingles or things that have been sent in. It's it's kind of a for me personally, I like it. You know, you get all kind of hyped up, yeah, hyped up. up, yeah, pumped up. That's right, pumped up and ready for the show. Okay, so. On the next program, that'll be uh, your two interviews with Scully and Hyle. Did you say Hail Apple to John Scully? I didn't dream up Hail Apple until after I did that interview. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. I well, went to the Apple store locally here, though, and I got recognized by two or three of these Apple guys, and I brought up the Hail Apple. <laughs> did they like it? They didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say Hail Apple, John. I've raised my arm. I raised my yeah, arm. Yeah, Hail Apple to you. Coming to you from the Crackpot Condo here in FEMA Region 6 in downtown Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back with our interview show next week on 737. Adios, mofos. All right. Yay. You heard, okay, so what we did, and we're back now. This is 200.8, you're hearing us. It's not like we're not going in and out and in and out. Yeah. This is the this is us uh, before the next Sunday show. And what do you have for notes? I have some notes that... Uh, All right, I'd love to hear them. Let's hear your notes. I noticed that there was the word, there was something about Punch the Donkey that was in the Weenie and the Butt show. Huh, Yeah. And I, when I heard it the second time, I said, or the third time, or the fourth time, I, mean, I, I realized that it was a sexual innuendo, the yeah. donkey punch. Yeah, and I, that that came up one time on the show, actually, maybe back in the two hundreds. You, I, th- I recall you you mentioning the donkey punch or something. Then I, I just remember getting a lot of email explaining what it is. It's not good. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, it's not good. But that would be just Seth MacFarlane's kind of humor. Uh, I also know, okay, let's go over these things from the beginning to the end. I got, we said a lot of yeah, no's. Yeah, no. There's some about radio stations. I put a note here, but I, I put it early when I listened to this thing, so I forgot what that means. Oh, yeah. Comments on time, some overall style, but Fox, French, Fresh, oh yeah, you were talking about, or somebody was talking about uh, 
working at uh, with the Kendall Kevin Wendell, and you said, "Oh, he's a producer." Somebody Fox something about he, Fox. Yeah, he was actually a producer. You know, he and I, I want to re- restate that because I heard that too. He started not Fox News, but what we called the Coat Hanger Network. He was intimately involved in putting together all the because fox wasn't a network per se it started they bought what they buy it over like uhf stations and all these crazy stations they were buying up and that's why it was called the coat hanger network wendell was was a part of that well his main thing was he was the producer of fresh prince of bel-air all right wait wasn't that quincy jones uh wendell was was the producer it's uh, like the he was like a producer actually worked like the showrunner. He may have been the showrunner. Yeah. I don't know that he was, but he was one of the guys that was actually working. Not like Quincy Jones, who was like the executive producer. Like, we, you know, that just, get, you know, has a financial interest. That, that, that uh, importance. What was harder for me yeah. was that we both realized that we had done the pilot for CNET. And we both had declined uh, the millions of uh, <laughs> the stock. stock. <laughs> and you're like, well, I yeah, took stock. That was a mistake, John said. That was a, you took stock. I took stock. I didn't get that kind of stock, but I took stock and I sold it rather quickly. Mm. I was, I, I was like you. I didn't have any confidence in this right, thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was a mistake. Yes, it was a mistake. Yeah. We might, but, but, know, but we might not have been doing I this can, show. I can give you. We we no. And in, in, in half of these deals that we dropped that we didn't do or you didn't do it right or lost money doing something else, we wouldn't be doing this show. Yeah, you're right. Uh, import sound silence thesis. Yeah, this thesis about sound going dead. This is good sound. I, oh, I oh yeah. No, the, the, that's the thesis of the noise gate, which we only started using, you know, in the past couple of hundred shows. And... I like so when we don't when we're we both are quiet and it's all digital, then there is zero signal. There's not a single bit of anything uh, being recorded. It's just zero, nothing, null. And I like it because I know that when we and we're very good at it, but it's natural. We don't set out to do it when we don't talk for like that half a second too long. It gets everyone's attention. Like, Oh, oh did something stop? Yes. Like, what? Oh, well, you did air. <laughs> so I like that. I, I learned that from Scott Shannon. Uh, he said, silence is one of the best things. Let the, let the room breathe for a minute. You'll have to look up Scott Shannon. If you don't know who he is, my, look him up. he's my radio mentor. Uh, yeah. Amenable personalities thing was good. That is more important than people like to think. And we don't and we don't see each other. And I think it's good. I think we'd get if we were actually we this show would have not gone toward show 900 if we had been in the same uh, studio. It certainly wouldn't have been the same show. I agree. No, it wouldn't be the same show. And it wouldn't be. And I don't even know we could get that far because I, I believe that this would happen. Martin and Lewis, you can do get pretty far with a long distance relationship if it's if it's paying the bills and doing all these things but if it's a short distance relationship so you're seeing the guy all the time yeah yeah it would get on your nerves because people have you know especially older guys <laughs> you have certain habits and it just would get on your nerves you could go drive you nuts and we made a point, or actually you made the bigger point about it. We don't want to even see each other. We can't do the show in the same room because when you work with somebody for a long time, and this isn't fully understood by anyone who doesn't do stuff like this, is that you cue off each other. Yeah. 
and you see that, oh, okay, I think, I think he, okay. And you're cueing off the guy's, you know, he's making a face or he's, or he's, he's maybe pauses it or, I mean, the greatest thing you can do if you want to cue off each other on radio, you can be talking and then the guy picks it up and he starts talking a little bit and he, instead of cueing you with a kind of the right, you know, kind of a lead into you playing a clip, for example, you just make a hand signal. Right, right. We don't have that luxury. And that, and we don't have that luxury. So we have to work on these other ways of cueing. It only works about, it works a lot, but it works 70, I think maybe 30% of the time they fail. Yeah. But nobody cares. To this day, I get people saying, wow, how many people do you have running the show? Because your clip is so tight and it's right on top of each other and the it's clips start. It's generally tight. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's always. Not, us, not always tight. To us, it's not that no. tight. <laughs> we're, we're a little bit more critical. But yeah. Uh, star of the show gag was funny. Uh Produ- producer, what I don't get this. I wrote this down. Producer, not elaborate, not, not elaborated, or something. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know what that is. Producer, weenie in the butt. I got a star thing here. Drawback to benefits. I don't even know what that means. See, this is terrible. Yeah, this is like my going. Remember the early shows used to read my notes. Yeah, <laughs> that lasted about ten episodes. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't read anything. I can't read my notes. <laughs> People complain. Oh, yeah. Fact of the matter. Way, way. A lot of that. A lot of fact of the matter. We, we, ta- we yeah. talked about that in 207. Uh, is the something media origins of media deconstruction? I don't know. What the, but, we but, glossed you know, over. Going back to what you were talking about, the hand signals. So we force ourselves really to listen to each other. Uh, you know, in order to get the subtle cues or, you know, well, you know, this is really, this is really you. No, no, it, go, it goes because both. I don't need a cue. I mean, I can t- jump in. I'll just step on you. I mean, I don't need to hit a button on it with a clip I've got coming up. You're the one that has to really pick up on the cues more than I do. I don't, I don't think I'm under that much pressure. It's well, maybe not. But when either one of us has a thing we want to set up and discuss, I think in the past uh, couple of years, we've gotten much better at understanding, oh, okay, he's got a thing. Because we don't discuss any of this. I, you don't tell me, hey, I got a package, or I got a couple clips in a row, or there's something I want to do. Um, and, and sometimes we we misunderstand. But to me, really, and this is brought up in the, in those previous point shows, it is all theater of the mind. It is all, yeah. It is all encompassing, and I think it's what would podcast when you were in someone's head, typically on the on the earbuds. Although I don't know if that's if that's the typical way people listen anymore. I think there's a lot of Bluetooth in the car and, and stuff like yeah, that. But if this. but if you're listening on headphones or earbuds, it's important. It all matters, and it, and listening is a skill that is diminishing in our world today i would think so yeah well because people are always on their phone exactly and you still haven't learned a song on your harmonica 850 shows i haven't been playing the harmonica for more than 400 shows um i'm still trying to what i'm trying to do with the harmonica is I'm try- I want to understand completely the harmonic and the different. I have a bunch of different ones in different keys, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to do little harmonica hits. Ah, yes. Uh, and I and so I get to feel for it, and then I get. I've got. A, I've already. Got, I've got the definitive book on how to 
play songs on a harmonica. <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to surprise you with a couple of songs. <laughs> okay. Now, Can't wait had, for that. Uh, we had the one... Uh, we didn't discuss this properly on any of the shows so far. The hookers and blow anecdote and the people, oh, I say hookers and blow, it's that's rude. Uh-huh. I, I didn't mention this, but one of the people that objected to it was one of our first and earliest dames. Huh. Since she was an older woman. And she still is, I guess. And uh, she didn't know that blow meant cocaine. Oh, she thought it was blowjob? Yeah, that's oh. what she thought was rude. Oh, well, like hookers, like cocaine and hookers isn't rude, but okay. Well, not compared to blowjobs. Yeah. I wonder how many people think that. That's a good question. Uh, it's a, for me, it's a music industry term. It's like a joke that we've been going around for 100 years. Yeah, lots of hookers right. and blow, though. I mean, it's just, it's been around. Yeah, it's a music industry term because that's, you know, in limos. Yeah. Lim- uh, limos <laughs> who has a limo anymore <laughs> well they used to fools yeah it used to be a big deal the limo now it's the escalade oh they used to fools yeah it used to be a big deal the limo now it's the escalade now here's a couple of things you, you i interrupted when you talk about the open source model but you did come back to it but I wanted to discuss something that actually came up in that joke letter that you got and read about us being, you know, spooks, spooks. or something. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I have to explain, I, I've explained it before on various shows, but I'm going to say, explain it again why, why we developed the model we have for, for this show. Oh, good. I, I think I forgot to point out this really kind of, we present an eavesdropping show. It's two guys talking to each other. You get to listen in, the audience listens in, and then they, if they get anything out of it, they, they hopefully donate and contribute to the show. Um, there's a number of things I've noticed going through, a, I don't know, a decade or more of doing television cable stuff and, and other lower the end than cable internet stuff is that when you have a, a have to have people on the show this is why we refuse to have people on the show we do not interview anybody or if we did interview somebody i would do for example an a, a standalone interview that would be used as a filler show we've done this a couple right. of times mm-hmm. and we would run it just as a straight interview or i could take a clip from it from it but but nobody's coming on the show to tell us anything and the reason is that over the years, I've determined that the only good show is a show without guests, huh? which was pointed out in that letter. And the reason for this is a number of reasons, and they're all good reasons. One, you don't have to deal with a dud. <laughs> which Nine, happens a lot. It happens way more than you'd think. Most people are are not good guests. They cannot talk. They freeze up or they don't have anything to say or they, you know, they or they're only speech, only there to promote something. Or they're only there to promote stuff. Yeah. And the second thing about not having guests is really great is that you make it a policy and then you don't get pestered by every PR woman in the world. <laughs> oh, my CEO is a, would be a great guest on your show. <laughs> and, or, by the way, you do get them to – that still happens. And then you can say to them, so you've never listened to the show, I take it. Yeah. Because if they're asking if they can put their CEO on the show – They've never heard the show ever. You know, honestly, and for me, I find you're more interesting than well, most guests I can think of. Oh, I mean that. I don't want to talk to some guest. I mean, we. I, well, they, I've they, done thousands the of interviews. Guests have an agenda, and the show. The I, guests have an agenda. The show is no agenda. Yes, exactly. they always have an agenda. Um, 
another thing that's a problem besides the disc, the guest being a dud, the guest not showing up. Another problem. Doesn't yeah. show up. Yeah. Or he forgets or he can't or he cancels at the very last minute. Uh, Michael Arrington failed to show up at a uh, Cranky Geek show. Mm-hmm. He was booked, everything, time and everything. He was in, stayed in bed and he wouldn't apologize. Wow. There's a guy for you. Yeah. Um, so that it, all these, and these, this is a nightmare. You and, need to have, and the timing of it is like, well, we can't do Thursday. Can you do right. Saturday? Can you do Tuesday? You know, it's all, this, but to me, I'm not really interested in, in, I'm just not, I, I like hearing other people ask them questions and I can use their answers. It's the same questions probably. Yeah. Clip a, a one minute clip which is the kind of the nut, which is another journalism term, but it's kind of the nut of somebody's interview. The one thing that's really interesting, we can pull that out and just run it as a, as a fair use little one minute. Exactly. As opposed to having the guy in the show for 30 minutes. And if you listen to these guys, we watch all this stuff. There was C-SPAN and Charlie Rose and all these other guys. It's mostly blather, blah, 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 blah. It's nothing. And then there's a, maybe something good and we can pull that. It's a, way, a much better approach. It so, is. Anyway, and, and, and it's kind it's of the. peeve of mine. Yeah. It's kind of the. Um, maybe not. It's a little bit like the Daily Show, but I think we were doing this a lot earlier. And because it's audio clips, we can do so much more. We're not limited. We're not limited in general by a whole bunch of things that television does. Um. But just to, you know, just to look, we deconstruct media. It, it it says it right there on the packaging. That is what we do. So we look at media. We don't have to necessarily deconstruct people, although that's also fun and deconstruct words and things people say, you know, like that a lot. Actually, that's a good point. We don't deconstruct people. We deconstruct media and interviews are people. So, yeah. We also should mention that we won the podcasting award. So that running gag that we're never going to win an award is over. And we didn't mention that because it wasn't done by show 200.7. And let me go polish up my award. Oh, I'm sorry. There is no award. It's just it's just a uh, title. There's no actual trophy. Well, there is if somebody does what they said they were going to do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mainstream. Uh, by the way, I just, well, let, I let's, let's stick on let's stick on the open source model for a moment because I can't reiterate that enough. And, and I hear I see questions coming in. The whole idea is, and we started off very early by please copy the show, put it anywhere you want. You know, but we'd like for you to put the whole show in one place, not cut it up, but reblog uh, it, reblog it, retweet it. But also, you know, and I think this was early days when bandwidth to Australia was particularly problematic. Um, we'd have people create low, very low bandwidth versions so it wouldn't kill people's data caps in other parts of the oh, world. I, right, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had anyway the lo-fi stream, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and you know, anything you want to use, it's okay. The same goes for the branding for the logo. Uh, you want to create uh, merchandise, sell it. Uh, we hope would be nice if you gave us a piece of it. That'd be great. Uh, it's not a prerequisite. Um, uh, the only thing that I stopped doing is putting, uh, publishing the jingles that we have. Because I got really sick of hearing our jingles on every other podcast with no attribution and ha ha, isn't that funny? And I'm like, no, that's not cool. Uh, so I didn't yeah. want to make that too easy. But there's lots of people who, who cut stuff out of the show and collect them like Phone Boy, he does that. 
So we feel that everything except for our likeness, our own Adam and John likeness, everything is pretty much fair game. And we'd like you, we encourage people to do that because it is a part of our distribution. And then, you know, there's, it's, there's a YouTube version made every show and there's all kinds of things that are that out. Then sometimes they go away, they fail. And, you know, there's tons of, uh, of, I mean, seriously, tons of extra sites and websites and initiatives that people start and sometimes they they peter out but you know often they they keep going like no agenda book club is still there still going strong and and in return i'm sorry i was saying with the movie club is defunct it seems right and and in return since we realize that there's no way we could ever i think probably started like no one's going to advertise on this show and i think we had our doubts about advertising on podcasts in general but i said no one will advertise on this that'll that'll never work for us uh, and we decided to <coughs> introduce the value for value model, which, hey, did you get some value from listening to us, which we continuously hear? It, uh, it helps people deal with the bull crap that being, particularly these days, inundated with making them ill, physically ill, mentally yeah, ill. Yeah, a lot of people get sick listening to the news. Yeah. Uh, or they get confused or they get this the, the cognitive dissonance and they have this horrible look on their face that it develops. I was watching a, a Democracy Now! and they had uh, Chris Hedges, that kind of communist. He's a very interesting guy to listen to most of the time. And against this guy that Paul Rubin, it's not Rubin, but it's that short, very short Department of Labor guy that used to be in the Clinton administration who's mm-hmm. now teaching at Cal. And his name is eluding me, but he was on and he was so in, he was a Bernie supporter, but he's he's all in for Clinton and and Hedges doesn't. He says it's all bull crap. Hedges actually, I, I'm trying to get a quote for a future show, but Hedges says uh, it doesn't make any difference if Hillary wins or if Trump wins. The system is the system is they can't do anything about it. <laughs> And there's not going to be any change in this and that. And he listed all these things. He said, I don't see why anyone would get worked up. He looked a lot more relaxed than this poor character from Cal who just looks like he's wearing it on his face. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, and I think a lot of people end up wearing on their face this, what the media, the media does this. It pre, pre, it ages you. It causes you be, cause you to be confused. You can't think straight. So, terrible business in fact i came up while listening to the shows i came up with another new little phrase that we can use once in a while which is the mainstream media is not your friend (laughs) i like it they're not not, yeah they are not they are evil yeah it's totally evil it's like evil corp the then i cannot reiterate enough again that uh, we truly consider people who are listening in because that's what it is you're listening in there are producers you are producing the show and i think that is the big secret i'm not i can't really explain how it happened or why it happened or or you know how, how that came to be uh, but i feel that the majority of our listeners do feel like they're producers and that's not necessarily financial support. That's all kinds of support that's going out and promoting us. There's a million different ways people can help and they find new and interesting and innovative ways to do that. So you are deemed a producer and you know, that's the NPR should have figured that out decades ago, but instead they're still doing the, Hey, send us 10 bucks. We'll give you a tote bag, which is, it's just not, it doesn't give you the same vibe. You're not really a part of the programming. 
Yeah, it's like uh, send that guy, send that loser a tote bag <laughs> and a coffee mug. <laughs> now the um, we did mention our original artist was Paul T and Randy Asher. It was Paul right. Couture who came in later right. and did the website, um, which is noagendaartgenerator.com. dot And he did he designed the original the original ring and a couple of other things he he, he did yeah. before he kind of quit everything but the website and. Uh, now we have a probably a, I think a core cache of about six artists, perhaps more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, led by a series of wins by J, Martin JJ and uh, Nick DeRat, and then we have some more professional. Yeah, we got guys it. like Mark G who have come in, yeah, out of work artists yeah. and uh, other guys that do just tremendous tremendous work. There was a list somewhere of the number of. Uh, accepted artworks for the covers and uh, it's interesting there's everybody kind of gets in every so often uh, if they if they try hard enough uh but there's still a few guys who kind of dominate the uh, scene because of the 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 gist of some of these artworks is like exactly what we're looking for it's hard to explain and i want to remind anyone who's a budding artist that martin jj was probably one of the most it's, he submitted probably more than anyone historically, and I think he went for years mm-hmm. without anything getting picked. That's right. And then all of a sudden, he caught something changed. And this happens with this happens in everything. This happens in a neural network of uh, the brain. This happens if you're a bowler. This happens if you're a pitcher. This happens in sports a lot. All of a sudden, something changes, and now you're good because you've practiced a lot. And he's essentially practiced a lot. Then he's just on a streak. It was, it was, he had to actually retire for a short time because we couldn't find any art better than just his. too much, <laughs> too much Martin J. And so he says, ah, I'm kicking everyone's ass. I'm going to take it time off. And, uh, then everybody, but everyone brought their game up. It's a very interesting phenomenon, that art, because that art is, uh, well, we're, 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 we're very unique in that, um, extensions or namespace was set up specifically to allow that. Interestingly, the, the Apple podcast app doesn't do that very well or at all, probably. Um, some do, but the, the, the larger beauty of this is we would not be able to do the show without all of this, without all of the, without all of the content, you know, if, if, even if we had to hire one producer, we wouldn't be able to make enough money to make it work. And that is, we have have no producers. No, well, we have, we have, we have, we have have thousands of producers, but we have no in-house people twiddling dials. And that is, and and I don't think it would be nearly as good a show either, because you're better at talking and twiddling dials at the same time than most dedicated dial twiddlers. Well, not just the dialing, but the, you know, the, the links we get, the stories, the, the, of course, a lot of the, you know, we got guys in Rio right now, dudes named Ben, um, I'll be talking about that uh, upcoming show. And, you know, they have real inside information, they're real boots on the ground, real boots on the ground who are in these situations, who are in these places now, to get that. Now you need a whole staff. So this is somehow we've come across some model that um, that I is, is futuristic. It's <laughs> well, actually it, it, it evolved and it evolved largely due to the and we've said this on the other two shows. It, it evolved largely by the producers themselves. In other words, our audience pushed the show along. And, and I, the example that I 
used and it was used in the other show is the douchebag thing. Right. We never had, or even karma, but the douchebag thing was the real classic that we had nothing to do with this. Nope. And I remember in the early days when the douchebag thing started to appear and then we had the douchebag jingle, people saying, oh, these guys, they suck and they're calling their audience douchebags. What kind of professionals are they calling their audience names? And and I want to remind anyone who thinks that's off and kind of crazy to do. Listen to the Jim Rome show someday and uh, see what he calls his audience. <laughs> it's quite amusing. Mm. But... But that wasn't even our idea. No, no, nor was it our jingle. Same for karma. All of this has been produced and handed to us, and it's highly, highly appreciated. So there you have it. I think that's, I don't know, do you have any notes that you want to wrap up? No, I, I, no, I did my notes in the beginning. Let me just check. Uh, I got the ISOs thing. No, no. No, I mean, I, you know, the, the obvious things. It's just the obvious changes that we've seen in the past year. Um, the increase of clips, uh, which it actually makes it much easier for for deconstructing. Um, I think that you know the half promise of getting out on the road more is starting to kind of work. You know, to have the, yeah. the stream of consciousness, and it's nice yeah. to go out and meet people. Why well, you sound very? What does that mean? Huh? Well, we make big, big talkers when it comes to going out on the road. Oh, I mean, I that would be you. I, I, I actually even... go on the road. What are you talking about? Hey, I was on the road once. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's make a solemn pledge that we go out on the road more often. I was just in New York and we had a big meetup. Yeah. That's my let's, birthday. Name. Let's let's do more of that. Yeah. Well, I'd like to. And if here we have in San Francisco, I should go to one of these meetups. They have them once in a while. Yeah. And now the guy who was putting them together bailed out and shut it down. Oh, well, that, that is the downside of having producers you don't have on the payroll. Well, I'll take our system any day. Yeah, I'm sure we can get. I still have to do the meetup at the at the train museum. That's going to be great. I got to get on the stick for that. All right. Well, I know it's been three years. I've been talking about it, but yeah, well, uh, we have patience. Months ahead, we have we have patience. It's okay. All right, I guess that should wrap it up then for a show 200.8. I think it uh, does. Nay, 200.7. Nay, 200.5. And uh, we'll never do it again. We'll never do it again. And you can don't forget org slash NA yes. for uh, get us through this episode. Yeah, for a Sunday show. And I'll be returning from Europe on Saturday and uh, we'll be all good to go to bring you another show on Sunday. And uh, we'll be deconstructing whatever has come our way in the meantime. And I'll probably have a little report from Europe since I will be in France near Nice. Oh. Boots on the ground. Yeah, see what's going on. That's part of what I do. All right, everybody. So now you're up to speed on how we put it together, why we put it together, and a historical smorgasbord of audio that you've listened to. Thank you very much for all your support. And make sure, and also use this as a as the show to refer people to if you try to get them into the show at all. Excellent. Or if they come back, usually you can get them in to listen to an episode, and they say, that's too confusing. <laughs> they sang in the morning all day. It's not the morning. And so just say, hey, go listen to this show, and it explains all the stuff we do, kind of, mostly. So, there. And with that, coming to you from the Garden State in FEMA Region 3 in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, which is is kind of the brown state, uh, in more ways than one, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you right here on Sunday on No Agenda. 
Adios, mofos. Amen. Fist bump. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.